welcome to the Act at Number But podcast. Um, this is my first episode, and I am so, so happy to bring in such an amazing guest for you guys. Um, he is up for the challenge. For those who don't know him, he does content on mental health. He struggles with um, autism, OCD, and depression, but he is so much more than that. Um, the reason why I wanted to bring him here is because Adam is the type of person that I feel like can help anybody. It doesn't matter if you are a neurodivergent person or neurotypical, meaning you don't have any uh, you know, mental disorders like ADHD, for example, me. Um, but anyways, Adam is the type of person that I think can help basically anyone, especially if you want to build a business. So yeah, like you guys know, this podcast is all about building a business, a freelance business, uh, starting from scratch. But it's also more than that, because to build a business requires a lot of mental strength and mental health and to just, you know, try to be your best. And it's all about mindset, too, which is why I think it's important to bring in these guests. So basically, uh, Adam is the type of person that gets so much done. And, I, you know, everybody sees this like, oh, you have to be productive, this and that. But this guy, like seriously, he does too many things. First of all, I have a list here. So I'm gonna be reading out because I'm gonna forget. He has 10 different YouTube channels. He created his own personal defense system. He has various podcasts. Um, he's a mental health facilitator. He ran numerous marathons. He wrote several books. He traveled the world. Um, he participated on several challenges whilst collecting money for charity. Um, in the meantime, he even finds time to cook to write books about cooking, to make candles and bath bombs. Like, how? <laughs> and I'm surely must be missing something else, definitely. Um, but all of this, he does all of this while struggling with mental health. Um, like I said, including being autistic, having OCD and suffering from depression. But still, Adam is the living example that we can all achieve more and do more no matter what. We just have to try. So without further ado, I'm going to jump right into our conversation. Um, I want to say sorry if uh, the audio is not the best and the quality of the camera is not the best either. This is my first um, an interview, so I'm sorry. Um, but anyways, I know you're just you're going to love him. You're going to love the interview, and I'm sure this is going to help you. Adam. Um, you seem to be the type of person that gets many things done. Like you wrote a book, you you even do like you even make candles and bath bombs. Um, you studied a lot of careers. You even have your own personal uh training type of thing. Um, and you you also uh, sorry, can I start again? <laughs> I I would leave this in. I I think actively <laughs> you as are seeing this. Definitely agree with me. She should leave this in. This is her first podcast, and she okay. I will. I will. But... now, so carry on. Come on. <laughs> okay. Well, basically, you've done so many things. You run a marathon. You did so many things. Now, what is what's the thing that makes you do all of that? Like, what's the story behind it? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna change going? I'm gonna change it slightly. Um, you've made it sound like a lot but at the same time actually un uh, underdone a few things so i've actually written five books and i ran 15 marathons in 15 days back in 2021 um which there'll be some people that go oh he's just showing off but it's, i'm pointing that out because it's not that difficult um there, there'll be people that always go yeah but but i can't do that oh, i couldn't even do this why not 
what, what's your actual reason? And these discussions that I've had with you, the only reason that people can't do it is because they're telling themselves they can't. That's it. That's literally it. There's so many people. There's there's so many people that go, oh well, I'll never be able to write a book. Have you tried? No. Well then, how how do you know? I've never been able to run a marathon. Do you do much exercise? No. Well then, how do you know? You know, how, oh, I'll never be able to study that. I'll never be able to do this. What have you tried? No. Well then. What's the point in saying it? Like the easiest ones are you mentioned about candles and stuff. And I do have some of them in the background that I've made. So I make um, beauty products because I used to be a chef back in the day. Um, so it's just recipes. If you can follow instructions of a recipe in a recipe book, you can to a point cook because all that changes is your interpretation of it. You no longer need to see how much you're putting in. You start to go, oh, well, I can just see how much I'm putting in. Oh, well, wait a minute. Let's add a bit of something different and then we'll go from there. Making candles, making moisturizer, making lip balm is exactly the same thing. You go, oh, well, okay, I need some beeswax. I need um, olive oil and shea butter. Well, maybe we'll use um, cocoa butter or whatever you want to do. And then you make your own ingredients, the same as I do, which is why I make the beauty products. And I don't necessarily use them. I have spare stuff up there because I don't use any of it half the time. Um, and it's all down to the fact that I wanted to. Uh, that's the biggest thing. I, I've, I've been like that for most things. Like, as you can see, I've got chessboard in the background. I ended up being um, playing in a national tournament when I was 15, I think it was. Um, and I got into top 1,500 out of 52,000 people that had entered. Um, I originally started playing chess so that I could eat my food quicker. Um, because the school I went to is laid out so that prefects, which I don't know if that makes sense to yeah, anyone that's not English. Oh, you do have them. I Some Americans don't have them. So, um, the, the, you know, in my school, the prefects were the ones that let you into the, the dining room um, and you'd have a massive queue and the dinner bell would go off and you'd go down, but you'd only be allowed down in groups of six, except for the, the people that played in the chess club because chess club, you're allowed with your bag in, which you weren't allowed your bags if you were, if you were normally going in. Um, so the only people allowed with their bags in and without going for the bell were who, people that play chess because it's the only place they could play chess. So I learned to play chess so that I could eat my food quicker so I could go and play basketball um, and then found out, oh, I can play this. And then because I'm relatively competitive, relatively, I'm very competitive. I started beating everyone. I started playing two or three games at once. I started going, right, okay, well, let's do this. And then I qualified through to um, the uh, regional areas. And then I moved to school and then requalified and then went to the national um, tournament uh, in Birmingham. I think it was Birmingham in the UK. And that was just because I wanted to eat quicker. You know, and these things just start to happen because I go, well, why don't I do it? I think a lot of what happens to most people is, oh, well, I can't do that because that's not a reason. None of the reasons you're coming up with are real. Like the reason you can't do it is because you're telling yourself you can't and you're not trying it. And even if you why try you it. Think, why do you think people are not trying? Why? Every... Is it fear of failure or why do you think the most think people that... don't try there's probably an idea of failure in there, um, but I don't know if that's necessarily innate or whether it's beaten into us. Because the amount of people, especially I used, I used to tutor as well, and the amount of people that would go, oh, I can't do maths, for instance, is the usual one. And then I'd start to lay it out in a different way that they'd learn. And they're going, oh, but this is really easy. I'm like, yeah, it's always been easy. It's just that your teacher told you you couldn't do it, didn't they? And they're like, yeah. I was like, why did you believe them? <laughs> why like the the obvious the obvious one for that for for match for instance is um my my ex-partner from from years ago back when i was um working for a charity this is oh god a number of years ago um basically they were training to be a nurse at the time um 
and they had their their book of count you know of uh medical uh, of uh calculations for their for their drugs calculations and um all i hear when i'm watching tv is adam can you come and come here and i'm like yeah and I'm like, what am i doing wrong like why can't i figure this one out and it was a calculation that they kept getting the answer 500 for and i went through and just went it's 500 because uh, they were like oh, why am i wrong i'm like you're not wrong the book is and that was the difference that was the only difference they had the same answer but i knew i was right they didn't believe that they could be right and the book could be wrong. And I immediately went, the book is wrong. And they actually took it back to the university and the university went, oh yeah, that's a misprint. I was like, yeah, because you weren't wrong. You were right at the beginning. You were convincing yourself you were wrong because something external, you assumed you must be wrong. I knew full well, I wasn't wrong. And that was the big difference. I didn't come with the mindset of I was going to be wrong. I come with the mindset of I know I'm right. That's it. There's no argument. The book that the university has given you is wrong you aren't and i think it's things like that where people assume that they're not going to be as good as something else as, as good as somebody else but then you won't be if you don't try to be you won't be if you won't put your first step forward that's all that's going to happen is you'll you'll fail there's this weird idea of like well if i try i'll fail well you failed because you didn't try if, if that's if that's something you want to do then you can. There's there's no reason you can't whatsoever. You know, if you believe you can, uh, you want to give it a go, you want to try it out, then you will be able to. The only thing that stops you achieving it is, uh, of course, there are various external factors um, that can have a, a, a specific impact, grief, um, loss of many different things. But in terms of just normally going forward, the only thing that's going to stop you is one day you decide not to do it. And that's it. It's as simple as that. I mean, I've... I've written five books because some of them I was passionate about. One of them, the latest kids book, I was bored. So I wrote a book in half an hour because there's something to do. I created several YouTube channels because I got bored. So I recorded a lot of YouTube videos and it's, it's not that difficult. It really isn't. There's obviously a, a learning curve for a lot of people. And there's obviously a, um, if you have background in a certain area or you understand it or the way you want to maybe edit a video, there's, there's differences to it. But in reality, the only thing stopping you is you. That's it. And we did this with you, for instance, when you wanted to go traveling. The only thing that was stopping you go, just going. Now. Just now. So for everybody listening now, um, up, up until, I don't know what, like two hours ago we were talking. I wasn't sure I wanted to record this podcast because I still don't feel uh, ready because it's the first time I actually interview someone. So it's going to be, I thought it was going to be terrible. And also because I have a rash and my skin doesn't look good. So, and we were talking about that. And, and you know, sometimes, and, and that's true. And I, and I can say too, I also tell most of the people that, that ask me, like, how do you, how do you freelance? How do you do it? I just do it. Um, the thing is, I, I mean, it's it's not gonna sound like that because I just had the same problem too. But I also I think that many people are like scared of not being perfect. You know, like many people want whatever they they have to do to be perfect. And the reason is that the reality is when is something perfect? When are you really really ready? Because there's always something that's gonna you know come along, right? Like if you're waiting for the perfect moment, then you're just never gonna do anything. Yeah, there's no there's no such thing as as perfection. It's 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 completely innate as an idea. You know, one one idea of perfection for one person isn't for somebody else. So it wouldn't matter anyway. You yourself with your off your camera and your mic that you have off screen, 
um, as you say, you weren't going to do this because you couldn't do it because it wasn't to the right stand. Even when we started this call, you were there going, oh, but maybe I can't because why? Who the fuck cares? These people watching and just going, OK, well, there's about 50 other YouTubers that don't have a decent camera, don't have a decent mic and everything else, because not everyone has the the money of Mr. Beast, of the Sidemen, of, you know, whoever. Some people are just, lit I mean, you still have well, the technical abilities. But <laughs> YouTube shorts, which is the fastest growing on YouTube, full stop. Most people do on their phone. It's not difficult stuff. And it's just getting people's attention, getting interaction with people. And like all you're doing is trying to stop yourself. You kept saying, you know, I wasn't I don't want to do this because of this. And oh, am I ready? No. But why do you have to be ready? Why why do you have to be ready? When you when you run at secondary school, high school, whatever you want to call it, um, do you tell the person that's that's starting the race when you're ready um or do you or every time they fire a gun or start the race you go no 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 wait wait i'm not i'm not quite ready just uh, can we retake that i need another second no you go because they fucking told you do you that's when you go um and with self-defense as well it's self-defense i have um, recognized not fitness although i did my um nutrition course but with self-defense, I have the same thing. I have so many people that have gone and they'll will go into maybe do sparring. And, and a lot of them will go, wait a minute, I'm, I just and put the hair in. I'm like, yeah, because that's going to stop a mugger. What the fuck are you about? Like, and with a lot of them, I will just hit them. I will just be like, no, I don't care about you being ready. Ready isn't a thing. And I think maybe because of the world I come from in terms of martial arts and self-defense, because I've been doing that since I was four, um, there is no such thing as being ready. If someone's going to attack you, it's their choice to attack you. It's not yours. And so you're you're always on the idea of like, well, ready or not, it's happening. So I'm going to fucking deal with it. And I think that's the point, especially with podcasting. And, you know, obviously I have a mental health charity. And um, I think the, the big thing from the, the three people that have on there, because we do um, like finding your own therapy for, through introducing yourself to different ideas and how to start a podcast. Um, there's myself, Love Our Spark and, and RJ from Untapped uh, Keg that are all, we've done a video on it, all have different approaches. But the main thing that all of us have gone with is just start. I mean, if you think about the quality of camera I have or you have, Compared to Lobel Spark, who's been relatively successful. Lobel is recording people through a fucking potato. Like, it doesn't matter. Can you see his face? Yes. Do you see what it looks like? Cool. Can you hear him? Cool. Done. That's it. You don't, when you ring somebody up over the phone, when you talk to customer service somewhere, you don't go, well, I'm, I'm very sorry, but I'd like you to have a perfect sure mic, please, before I'm going to talk to you. No, you talk to them because you can still understand them. It's a really weird idea that we have to do everything. And actually, most of the time, the idea that we have to have all of the new equipment, all of the new everything. Why? Again, you're not Mr. Beast. You're not the Sidemen. Yes, it can be really cool to better go, yeah, I've got this and I've got that. But who the fuck cares? Definitely. And yeah, uh, you made me think like one of my favorite phrases. I mean, one of the, you know, when you have when you read a phrase in a book or you hear something in a podcast that like really stands with you is ready is a lie. I used to tell myself, oh, no, but I have to finish this course. And then I have to finish this course to, you know, to start my own business. And, and no, I mean, why don't I just start? <laughs> and I started it and it went well. I mean, you know, sometimes I will, you know, I, I have to write something for a client and I would proofread it so, so many times that I like I run out of, I run out of ideas and, and then the client is like super happy. And for me, I'm like, no, but this is not perfect. And and even though I, I also feel like ready is a lie and I think that, you know, things are better done than perfect. 
I still struggle with that too. And I can only imagine people who have problems with, you know, being perfect. There's, there's too many people that, you know, growing up, maybe their parents um, ask too much of them, you know, many, many people have that problem. What would be your advice to the people that are like perfectionists and they, they want to maybe move away from that and just, you know, just start? What would you, you tell them? If you don't believe that what you're doing is perfect and you're always striving for perfection, then how can you be sure that your your idea of perfection is right in the first place? Because if you're striving for a perfection that you feel you can't ever meet, then your idea of perfection must, by that same logic, be flawed. So how can you ever know that you're perfect or not? If you do it, then you'll find out on the ride and the, the road to perfection. The idea that your parents as well, again, same thing, your parents are pushing you towards something. Your parents are flawed. Your parents are imperfect they have to be by the pure virtue of they haven't been able to get what out of you that they needed to or that their parenting is doing that there yeah. is no such thing as perfection everything that you're striving for is an impossibility look at the most successful companies of all time most of them are incredibly imperfect look at apple apple is one of the worst technical companies in the world and there will be people that argue with me it is one of the greatest sales and marketing companies in the world that is what it is. It is an amazing marketing and sales company. That is what Steve Jobs was. He was a marketer and he was a salesperson. He had about as much um, actual technical ability as a fourth grader. Um, Steve Wozniak is the person that knows what he's doing. Steve Jobs was an amazing salesman, um, arbiter, um, orator, sorry, and, um, and marketer. That's what he did. That's what he was. He went, here's a piece of shit. Here's glitter on it. Oh my God, it's it's outstanding. Yeah, but there's this other stuff that, that does the technology way better. Yeah, yeah, but he's got glitter on his because he sold it better. That was it. And that's that's the biggest problem. You have people who have this, they, they look at a company or they look at a person, they look at something and go, that's amazing. They're perfect. They've always done it right. Well, no, they haven't. Look at Mr. Beast. Mr. Beast, who is now the most subscribed individual in history on YouTube. He has enough money that he can basically do whatever the fuck he wants he has enough influence that he can what do is whatever it bigger than pewdiepie yes he overtook pewdiepie about a month really? ago yeah and you've got to remember um mr b started later um and also that hunt went from the thing from 100 to then overtaking pewdiepie took like two months wow um, it, it was and it, it he will never be able to overtake t-series because t-series actually cheated by um at one point Right. Well, it literally cheated. So at one point, everyone that subscribe, uh, everyone that had an internet email account in India was automatically subscribed to T-Series. <laughs> so that was the easiest way of cheating because that's how they beat P uh, PewDiePie. Um, so even a company couldn't really take it. Around. I mean, look at it this way. You have PewDiePie who look at some of the, some of the shit that he's done, some of the stupid shit that he's done. Look at how he started and then point out to the fact that he basically had an entire country having to try and fight him to get a goal of being the the greatest um, or the biggest youtube and he's and t series still aren't really discussed in the idea of being the biggest um youtuber it's mr beast and pewdiepie they took had an entire country basically fighting for this place then uh, mr beast look at his early videos he did fucking nothing i never watched to... them now, now now you're making me curious i never watched it no, I mean, Mr. Beast's early stuff was when what he looked... What type of content does he, does he do? Mr. Beast? Yeah. 
Have you never watched any of Mr. Beast? No, no. Oh my God, I guarantee you someone listening to this has. Mr. Mr. Beast, um, a lot of times, yeah. he's, a lot of it is philanthropic. He actually has his own um, philanthropic channel, which he actively um, has like food banks. Um, he, he the, the main thing that got him in the public eye was he st- he he had a company that said to him, oh, we've got in the background. We, he had a company. I wanted to see what he does. <laughs> there was a company that came out and just went, we're going to sponsor you five, $5,000. And um, he said, if you give me 10,000, I'll go out into the street and give it to a homeless person. Um, they didn't believe him. He said, no, no, give me 10,000, sponsor me 10,000. I'll go out into the street and I'll give it to a homeless person. And that's exactly what he did. And from that, that video alone rocketed him and he hit so many more people. So, so many more sponsorships started to happen. And that's where it went from. But he, in his early days, had nothing. He went for so long not being able to do anything. So he never was perfection. He never was the top. But now he is the biggest individual YouTuber in history. You know, the idea of having a perfection is a nonsense. There will be people that always want to be this idea of an imposter syndrome because of perfection. They'll always be there. But the problem is, is that you've got to look at it as logically as you can in that there is no such thing. It does no. not exist. Now, now that you now you bring that up, like um, for many people that, you know, even though they, they want to be perfect or whatever, they just go ahead, especially when, when you talk about business or freelancing or start, starting a business or starting a channel or anything that, you know, is putting yourself out there. Even though they do it, they struggle a lot with, um, like you said, with uh, imposter syndrome. What, why do you think that happens? Like, even though you're just putting yourself out there, you're trying you still have that problem because you I kind of myself have it. And so depend, depending on what it is, you kind of are an imposter because that isn't your job yet. You have given yourself a job role that you don't actually have. Um, you know, suddenly you're a business owner and CEO. Well, yes, you are, but at the same time, you're not, you don't have any of the experience of it. You don't really have notions of it. And so you it's not to say that that's a bad thing i think people kind of um, point out as being well um it, it's bad if i say that i was like well no you you are kind of starting out you're a chancellor at first basically is is the idea you know most of the people that c- come out of university with degrees in whatever subject aren't experts in that subject but you know people will treat them as if they are many times you'll get people that will say oh well, now i'm talking to someone that knows what they're talking about no they don't especially depending on the education system you've come from. They have no idea what the hell they're doing. But you start to grow experience and you start to grow understanding. So you always jump into it so that you can do that. I mean, the easiest one to then throw it back to you as a language person, how's the easiest way to learn a language? Is it to sit in front of Duolingo or is it to go to the country and speak directly continually with the people that won't let you speak anything else? Yeah. And what are you when you're making a lot of mistakes and... But yeah, you make the mistakes and you are an imposter. You are someone who can kind of speak the language, but not really. You're chancing your luck. But then because you're there, because you are surrounded with it and you've done it, you become that person that you thought you were before. So you live, you move into the title. The same as trying on new clothes. You buy bigger clothes when you're a child because you know you'll grow into them. So do the same with a business. That's all it is. Yeah. And and it's interesting. I mean, the the human brain is interesting because, you know, when you think about it, I mean, when starting you're basically like faking till you make it like everybody who starts anything like the first few times you're just Mm. trying your best right but then the more you know or the more experience you get then there's also something called the Dunning-Kruger effect that hits in too so I mean it's it's strange and that's why I wanted to talk to you because I I think mental health and 
mindset is very important, not just for business or just for being a you know normal hu human being functioning, right? So, and and I wanted to ask you about that too. So you make a lot of content about mental health. Um, yeah. Can I ask you why you do it in particular? Who do you want to help, and like what would you like to achieve? Well, a, a lot, a lot of it is arguably selfish. Um, I came from my own place of of incredibly bad mental health, um, especially back in two thousand twenty during the pandemic. Um, and I was in other people's streams on Twitch, um, just chatting to people. And then one day, one of them said, "Hey, why don't you why don't you do it? give this a go? You know, you seem to be interested in this." Because I don't come from a background of mental health. I come from a background of suffering from mental health. Um, but I was like, oh, God, who knows? And then because obviously it's my way of thinking, as it's always constantly be been, I went, oh, fine. And the next day I turned the camera on and started talking. And I had no idea what I was going to talk about. I had no idea what I was doing. I just turned the camera on and just went, fine, let's go. Um, and I ranted for two hours about the film Rain Man and how bad it was. Um, and literally it took one of the people in my chat to go, oh, that was amazing. I was like, what the hell are you on about? And they're like, you talked for two hours. I'm like, yeah. Like, yeah, but that's really strange on, on Twitch. Like people don't can't do that. You know, people take breaks and things. I'm like, so basically the reason that I'm going to be successful is because I don't shut up. Cool. Um, obviously I've left Twitch now. So it is something um, in my past that, you know, I'm, I'm very much on YouTube, TikTok, um, Instagram, things like that. Although I'm very bad at Instagram because I don't like the platform. Um, but, you know, I do it because a lot of it is for me. I, I need, I think a lot of it, to to reiterate to myself but also there's the people that that helped me at the beginning there's there's constantly people that have issues with it and i think i've seen i see so many people talk about mental health but when they do it they talk over it they don't actually talk about the reality of it they'll talk about something else and so i think it got to the point where i just went you know what i'll do it because you're not fucking doing it I'll do it. You either sort yourself out or I'll do it. And I've kind of had that attitude for a long time because I come from a background of politics. Um, I always had the attitude of, are you going to sort it? No, fine, I'll do it. You know, I, I took over a, a, an organisation at university over a weekend because they didn't do something and they weren't looking after people. So I I led a coup, basically, in the university and took it over um, from Friday to Monday. And then I was in charge because... If they're not going to do it and no one else is going to step in, someone has to. And I have a loud enough voice. I think many people will attest to. I am someone that will, to a point, get in your face about it. So why don't I do it? Until there's someone else that's going to do the same thing or do it better or do it louder or really get in people's faces, I'll do it because I can. And because of every part of, you know, the toxic masculinity that I'm, I am afforded and the privilege that I'm afforded by being me looking the way I do sounding the way I do why not use it for that um because the way I do um the way I look the way I sound isn't also something that people associate with mental health no, they associate yeah. it with um you know jocks and arrogance and things like that they don't associate it with someone who suffers severe depression who has bouts of anger when they're going down because of their depression they don't associate it with that and so it's like well okay let's 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 swerve it into you a little bit more Right. But that's something actually, and I, I think that's why you grew so quickly because there's not many people doing that with your voice. And for me, for example, I, in in that sense, I'm, I'm very much like you. I'm not the type of person that will sugarcoat things. I'm just going to be blunt and tell you, you know, how things are, even though they might hurt. 
and I may not be the best person in like, you know, maybe trying to to help someone else out. I'm just going to be honest, you know, sometimes, you know, truth hurts or the way you say it. But I actually feel that for people like me and maybe like you, having these voices online help a lot because, you know, we were talking about this before, like, I mean, I don't know about you, but I've been to therapy so many times, so many different types of therapy. None of them work on me. Oh, but I you know, <laughs> but I know. No, I tried so many. But the thing is, I know that, that for many people it does. But for me, you know, just being nice and you know everything is going to be okay. Like that doesn't help me because I, I know that in, it's most of the times it's not like that. Like I know myself. So yeah, I mean, there are there are a lot of therapies out there, some of some of which would speak to you far more straightforward, far more humanistic, which is the way that you would describe it. Uh, and there are masses of um, therapies out there that do do that. Um, but some people just don't like the idea of talking therapy because it's the I don't necessarily think it's the therapy. It's down to some of us have the mindset of not liking the idea of someone only really being there because they have to be there. Um, not really. have. It's the same way as interacting at a party. Some of us just going to go, well, I, we're only here because we're at a party. Like, shut the fuck up and go away. Like, and I think that's the reality. And, you know, I often um, talk about myself as being a, a monkey in a suit. People have gravitated to me in, in terms of mental health because um, my my reach in terms of mental health is far bigger than my, my following, especially when I was on Twitch. Um, and it's down to the fact that, like you say, people don't expect it because... I don't I don't necessarily try and give advice. I just remind people of what they already know. Um, and, and the thing that I think that's important as well is I'm going to fuck up. Everyone else is going to fuck up. And I think the big distinct distinction is that people that people that are problematic within spaces like this are those that try and say they're not going to try and say that they are, you know, amazing. And I have the answer for everything. It's Gary V, basically um you know have the answer for everything it's like no you fucking don't you know I, I often say the fact that um everyone's an arsehole it's just whether or not I'm your kind of arsehole that's it that's the simplicity of it um and so I don't try and give advice I just remind you of the stuff you already know with you um for traveling I didn't give you any advice I just went but that's bullshit what you just said so is that so is that and I've just I just reiterate what you already knew what you already told yourself what you already wanted to do I just took down the barrier and that was it and I think for a lot of people, the idea of therapy associates with talking therapy, but we do have to be um, wary of the fact that therapy doesn't mean talking therapy. Therapy means anything that's therapeutic and helps you. So like I say, with the charity that I have, we have the idea of creating your own therapy. And that comes through, um, maybe you enjoy meditation uh, or, or, and mindfulness. Great. That's very much more traditional kind of alternative. Many people do. I do. Many others do as well. However, you may also be someone that also, for instance, likes to run like I do and do marathons and be like, right, OK, let's do that. Or a martial arts thing. Which again, I like doing so. Right. Hit someone. That's going to fucking help. You know, or you're someone that goes, hey, I want to be able to write. OK, cool. Let's look at poetry or someone that wants to get into dance and dance amazingly helps the therapy. We have one of our trustees. Um, uh, Leah, who is, uh, is she's got a video on the on the website as well that talks about how she first went to swing dance and how that really helps her mental health because she was suffering uh, agoraphobia beforehand and it really helped ease her into it. So I think when we talk about therapies, we've got to think about the fact that we have control over those therapies. We have control over whether talking therapies will work, but we have control over, control over whether, whether anything will work. Because at the end of the day, it's not even really the therapy that's working or not. It's our in, it's our interaction with that therapy that works or not. So. 
I, I think that's that's part of it. And telling there's always telling people like straightforward and being far more, you know, down the line with it. But as long as you as long as people point out the fact of who they are, what they know, and, and everything else. I think that's far better. We should be discussing things with our friends, with our family, with everyone else, because they probably have a better idea of what we've been through um, to a point. And it could curb a lot of the other issues because, you know, if you are having the day from hell and you don't know what to do and suddenly out of the blue, you get a text message from a friend, that next step that would have taken you down no longer exists because somebody decided to text you. I agree with that. And the thing is, I mean, it's crazy how um, how many people can actually improve their mental health by doing something. And, and in that sense, I mean, for me, it's uh, lifting weights, it's traveling, it's working. And but but there comes a point. I don't know if that's just me, but when you know that works for you, it becomes quite obsessive. Um, like for me, for example, <clears throat> working. You know, I when when I lost my dad. Um, I started working. I had two jobs plus uni plus the gym. I literally had no life, like working Monday through Monday, barely sleeping because I just didn't want to think about it, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And so now I'm still like doing kind of like the same, but with my own work as a freelancer. And it's it's been good because of course it helped me uh, grow my career, uh, make money, uh, be able to afford traveling and, and all of that. But it also becomes a little bit toxic because, uh, you know, when do you, when are you actually helping yourself and when are you actually escaping? You know what I mean? Like you want to yeah. maybe quiet your thoughts and maybe sometimes it would be better to, to speak about it or to let it out. But, you know, what if you become so obsessed with the therapy that you just, you hide it under the rug. Yeah, which people can do, especially when it comes to things like gym work and stuff like that. You know, plenty of people do that. And you, we've talked about your productivist um, ideals. and Yeah, and I actually, I want to ask you about that too later on. <laughs> but, um, um, but yeah, I mean, you can, of course, become obsessive and, and stuck in it. I always say that you want to try and diversify what you do. Now, obviously, there's certain mental health issues, certain neurodivergencies that interact with that. You know, ADHD is always going to kind of make you pick up and put down on different things. Um, obsessive compulsive disorder like me uh, is going to also have a similar effect although it may make you overload on certain things and i think the diversify the, the diversification of certain things that, that you can interact and that you can give yourself a break without it being a break because that becomes the issue with a lot of people is they don't want to take a break because it's helping well okay let's let's move it together for instance if you study martial arts then okay well how about we have it on a rolling scale where every three or four weeks you switch martial arts because you'll never get behind on one of them if it's only three or four week thing, but you're still switching up so that you're still changing. You you do you go from Brazilian Jiu Jitsu to boxing to Krav Maga to um, um, Tang Soo Do. You, you switch in between so that you're still being active, you're still interacting, but you're still learning different things and your mind is having to change and switch each time while still trying to remember and that allows you to then diversify how your brain is interacting with things um the same thing with beauty products even you know well i make more than one type i make candles as well as moisturizers and everything else so that i can go okay well um i don't if i if you have maybe not the right ingredients you'd be like oh god i've got i've got all of this i've got all this so, oh wait a minute i've still got beeswax i'm still Oh, I can just make candles instead. And it allows you to start and change how you're doing things if you have that diversification. Now, there's always 
a potential for you to be obsessed within a certain area but i think if you can diversify and you can add in other areas um that also have a relaxing nature to them as well that's always going to help whether that's meditation whether that's running whether that's whatever it can always have an effect on you additionally to it well but that's actually uh, you made you made me think about something i mean you you seem to do a lot of you know different things you have a variety of, of passions that's i don't know if they're, if they're passions or not but they they seem to be helping you um and i think that maybe you have that way of looking at it which is very different than mine because i've become obsessed with the productivity like for example i don't know maybe my way of addressing my own mental health issues is to work and to be productive and to make money. Oh, let's start the podcast. Let's see if we can make money out of it. Um, you know, let's travel. Let's, uh, while you're traveling, instead of like enjoying the travel, oh, let's make content. And everything is productive, productive. And, you know, sometimes I, you know, we're talking about movies just, just now. You know, when was the last time I watched a movie? I'm like, no, if I'm not learning... I cannot do it. So if I'm going to watch a movie, I'm going to be learning in a language. Like it is crazy. And I think, and this comes to something that we usually discuss a lot. And I mean, I, I don't have a big audience, but most of them will understand because they are from America and from Argentina. And I think we both come from the same background in a way. And what I mean by this is um, Americans are very uh, productivity, like they're very ingrained with productivity, you know, since they're like children, they, you know, you have to be productive, you have to be productive. And in Argentina, maybe it's because, yeah, they just want to get out of poverty or they just want to make it big. They, like me, I mean, I didn't grow up in a family with a lot of money. I'm not going to say I was poor, but of course, I've always wanted to travel the, the world. My family could never afford that. So I had to do it on my own. So now I'm like, productivity, productivity. Yeah, I want to travel the world. But, you know, there comes a point when you need to stop if you want to, you know, avoid getting I mean, stressed. So, I mean, I literally just released a video today um, on my, my my slowest channel, which um, I think is the point I'm making in this as well. It's my show's slowest channel. It doesn't get that many views, but it does get views when it needs it because um, it's a mental health specific channel. So the people that, it reaches are the ones that it needs to reach, which is always, I think, the, the way to look at it. Because, for instance, being successful in mental health means means you are doing something wrong. I think that's one way to look at it as well. If you're doing something in mental health that's making you a load of money, well, there's a problem there. So how do you actually look at the idea of productivity within that? Well, productivity has to then change its boundaries. And if it's changing its boundaries for that, why can't it change its boundaries everywhere else? But I, I did a video today when I talked about the idea of resolutions and you know the, the steps to resolution, everything else. But if you are someone that's going to become obsessive, and I talked about this as well, um, and that you kind of go, oh, well, I want to run a marathon. You know, you, you think of running, I, go, I want to run a marathon. How about I want to start running? Mm-hmm. Then there's no, there's no there's no end goal. Look at the starter, not the end. I think is a lot of things. You know, I didn't start podcast to make money. Um, and I actively, as you've been on the podcast, when I've said this to camera, I will actively say, YouTube, please, please just uh, demonetize. Now I'll swear my ass off. So they demonetize it. By the way, you can swear if you want to. No, I don't. <laughs> um, but, you know, I will say things to to prove a point. Be like, I don't give up. You know, I don't care. Demonetize. I don't, fuck it. You know, I don't care um, because that's not what it's for. It's to have those discussions. Now. I think you have to look at things by, especially if they're for your own therapy moving forward, for your own personal therapy moving forward, then you've got to look at the starter, not the outcome. 
I want to be able to exercise more. It doesn't turn into I want to go to the gym all the time. It goes, I want to get off my ass. I want to make sure I go into town every now and again. And I do this. If you find something that you're interested in, you go, oh, actually, I'm, I'm quite into rowing. Okay, cool. Then look at rowing. But don't look at, I want to join the cup. Look at, okay, I want to start rowing more. Don't look at the outcome. Look at the in, the input because that's where you're gonna that, that's where you're gonna lie for a long time. And it may be that you just are fantastic at something that you do, and it suddenly becomes something that has a productivity um, analysis along with it because you just can't avoid it. It's you know it's like being a heavyweight champion boxer. You are always that good, it's, so it's hard to avoid beating the shit out of everyone every time you have a have a match. But it's still something that you don't go into it for that. You go into it for something else. You know, there's many people that went into martial arts and, and boxing. Muhammad Ali went into boxing because um, someone stole his bike. And so he wanted to be able to, next time somebody tried it, to be able to um, defend himself and keep his bike. And he become, he is known as the greatest of all time. So for people like that, of course, there will be an offshoot where you can't avoid being the best. But again, for people like Muhammad Ali, who is still known as the greatest, if he wanted to keep his title, he would have fought in Vietnam. Productivity wise, it was the wrong thing to do to find Vietnam. Morally for him, he couldn't. And so because of that, he had his title stripped away from him. It's the same thing in terms of productivity. He had it stripped away from him because he wanted that to be his his legacy and his memory, not for the idea of just, I am the guy that has this over their head. And I think that's the thing for a lot of people. You don't fight for that title. You don't fight for that idea of being the best because as we said, it's not going to be there anyway the idea of productivity is such a nonsense um it's also the reason that um, america is not a capitalist country by any stretch of the imagination it's a it's a productivist country um much of the things that people always point out of being uh, capitalist are just not they're productivist for instance the idea of looking after one staff giving them time off um helping them move along with things like that are all capitalist ideals yeah and henry ford who is in, in himself a piece of shit but is held up as the grandfather of you know production lines and all this of which of course he's not it was actually in japan that that started but he took the the um, moniker of it um he actively in the workplace fought for people to be given a weekend and he gave all of his staff weekends to spend with his family that with their family and to be able to increase the productivity well it increased the productivity for him it increased their betterment though that was the difference that's the difference between capitalism and productivity. Productivity goes, there's another five people if this one leaves. Capitalism goes, yeah, there's another five people, but they're not going to be as good. This person has worked for me well. I will look after this person because then they'll help me. If I help them, they'll help me. It's much more of a you, pa uh, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours in capitalism, whereas productivism is not. It's this idea of just keep working, 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 and it doesn't work. The idea that America is the richest country on earth is a lie. But per capita, it's not. Switzerland is by far. I think America is, I think it may not even be in the top 10. Um, in terms of uh, resources and riches, no, that would be um, Saudi Arabia. You know, but it tells itself that because it has to be the most productive. It, yet it fails on almost everything. Well, I think, uh, like you said, uh, with Apple, they have good marketing. <laughs> they, they get a way of, of, of doing it. But on, on in every conceivable scale, all you're doing is beating yourself in the ground. For what exactly? If you're being productive, productive for who? Yeah. If the idea is I, I will keep working, I'll keep doing this, 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 the American dream kind of idea. Okay. But then even the president uh, has to step down at some point because you only have an eight term maximum. So what do you do after that? Mm -hmm. How does the former president of the United States become productive exactly? 
because they've done literally the most they could do by being president. Where do you go from there? Do you become UN um, general uh, uh, secretary general? Okay, <laughs> again, there's a term limit. Every highest job, highest thing of every job has a a time at which you have to step down. Do you be productive in your retirement? How does that work? You count how many um, bits of wood you're going to chop through. The idea of continually associating yourself through productivity simply doesn't work for yeah. your own peace of mind, for anyone else around you, for the company that you may run, for you yourself. It does not work. Capitalism, for me, is my 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 idea in capitalism is I am a capitalist. Absolutely, I'm a capitalist. I'm not a socialist. Um, although there's the lie of Europe being socialist, which is nonsensical. Um, or the, the idea that anyone outside of America is is somehow not capitalist, even though the richest man on, on earth who is now an, an American citizen is, of course, South African, um, which is Elon Musk. So <laughs> I don't know quite how that works. Um, but I have no issues. I, well, I do have issues with capitalism because it has its issues, but I have no um, qualms with it being there in some form. Productivism is the problem because productivism forces you to be something that is impossible. It only looks at a product; it doesn't look at the individual, and that's where we start to have issues. Burns out and individuals, and that's why I actually wanted to bring up this uh, discussion because so many, you know, so much of the the content that you see online for uh, you know freelancing and starting your own business and all of that is just you know grind, 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 and hassle and hassle and hassle, and you sleep when you're dead. And it's and it's crazy because it, when when you look at it, it's so it's they're all Americans, and and it's it doesn't work like that. It doesn't it's work like that because then you burn out, and then that that's your business. Bye. <laughs> it's such a strange idea as well because you know some people will argue, well, I'm I'm building a legacy for my for my children. Okay, so are you expecting your children to not work then? Because yeah. that's the only reason to build that legacy. And if you're expecting them to not work, so what happens to their kids? Or if you expect them to work, what was the point of the legacy if they're going to do the same thing? Right. There's the idea of this continuing productivity roller coaster that you're you're on and your family's always on is it's a nonsense. One person has the fortune, the next in line um, uses the fortune, the third in line loses it, yeah. and so that will not work anyway unless you have some kind of inherited wealth at which at which point somebody in that chain is not productive. But of course, you've lived to the idea that you should always be productive. So your own idea of your own legacy and continuing um, growth for your family is counterintuitive. It doesn't work against itself. So this idea of productivity simply doesn't work. And it also shows in how you see the idea of productivity. Because if you are the unit of productivity, what exactly is your productivity? Because your product productivity output should also equate to parts of you. And that includes things like your mental health. And so if one way in one massive leap to one side completely shuts down something out, that's not productive. Think of it in the same way as you would do a machine. If one thing is being overloaded because one, one other part along the line is working on overdrive, that's not productive. That's dangerous. It's not going to work. It's, it's going to burn out at some point. And it just shuts down. That's mm -hmm. less productive. That's less productive as a human being, because, of course, if you're shut down, what use are you at that point? If you're only looking at yourself as a product or a conclusion to a product, it doesn't work. And so you get so many of these grind, grind, grind. But actually, it's always amusing because, of course, you for those things you'll see on YouTube, you also have um, IQ. Uh, is it IQ or something like that, which is one of the tools to help you grow on YouTube? Um, it's something like that. Uh, it, it's and, and it literally tells people how to do it. It's one of those things that actually plugs into plug in for your Internet to show you who you're up against. 
the point they always make is you could actually help yourself grow by deleting content. You could help yourself grow by not posting so much. Like everything that you will be going, no, 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 grind, grind, grind. It's all bollocks. It's all bollocks. It just doesn't, doesn't work that way. You know, the idea of, for instance, if we look at YouTube, why I'll put something out every single day. Does anyone want to watch what you're putting out? Does anyone want to interact with that? No. Well, then what does it fucking matter? Mr. Beast, for instance, as we spoke about earlier, doesn't put up a video every other day like he used to. He puts one up every three weeks, four weeks, whenever he can, whenever he feels it's right. And he has spent a million pounds on videos before and then not put it out because he, didn't, he thought it was crap. He did it with Ludwig. Ludwig, who's another creator, was a Twitch streamer, now YouTuber, um, although YouTube streamer as well. And he spent a million pound, a million dollars, sorry, on the video and um, just gave the footage to Ludwig. He's like, this isn't any good for my channel. You can have it if you want. And he didn't put it up. And by the idea of being productive, well, that's that's the thing. Well, Mr. Beast is one of the most successful, well, the most successful YouTuber of all time. He gave away a $2.5 million jet just for the fuck of it. And his reason and, and his um, only condition was whoever won the jet had to give it away because it was for YouTubers in England when he came over. Um, and um, one of the sidemen won it, in fact, called Harry. And so Harry gave it to his brother and sister. And so he gave away a two point five um, million dollar jet because he can. But for that video, for many other videos, he actually loses money. He's talked about the the, uh, the idea he loses money, but he earns a lot more in other things. His productivity isn't down to one specific way of thinking, and that way of thinking is one that's generationally wrong. It's one of those things that you you have the idea of. Well, I have one career for my entire life, and that's going to be it. That's not yeah. the case anymore. That's not reality. And it's the same thing with the productivity. It was never right. And it's only now that we started to realize it. Yeah. And I, we were talking about before, like you make me think uh, about being perfect. I mean, in this example that you're talking about, Mr. Beast, I mean, I don't think that he didn't think that the video was perfect, but of course, for some reason, he didn't use that video. So I think maybe it all comes down but to he actually said a that. balance. He actually, like, he actually, well, it wasn't that he was perfect. He said it wasn't any good. It's his words. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's just finding the balance. I mean, you're not going to create shit content or do a, you know, terrible job at whatever you want to do, but you also don't want to stop yourself from actually going ahead and doing it. So it's just finding a nice middle ground. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, is that I go with the, the fact of just do it. Now, for people like Mr. Beast, of course, um, if he put out a, by his standard shit video, that's going to be detrimental to him. Um, but for many people, just putting the stuff out and giving it, giving it a go because, you know, I mean, I started a, I started a new channel. Of course, I started a new channel. I started a new channel a while ago. Um, and for any of the new channels I started in the past couple of months, I have not advertised them at all. Um, for many of them, some su subscribers aren't that high. However, the watch time and the interaction with the views is, it is what I would want on a channel that has far more subscribers. But the main thing with it, uh, with it was is that, there were people out there that just went, hey, I'm really liking this channel. I'm liking this interaction. Those were the people that I wanted to interact with. Those were the ones I gave a shit about because they were like, hey, have you thought about that? You know, one of the first comments I got was, yeah, I'm, I'm not a big fan of how your how your um the words are interacting because I had it um so that the words were coming up for one of the videos. Um, I, was like, I don't like it. It's a bit distracting. I was like, OK, cool. But right at the end of that was, but I really love this. I love this. Good luck with the with the channel. Um, and I think that should be what we look for 
if, if if you look for for people that are enjoying it because why are you doing it are you doing it because you enjoy it? are you doing it for other people to enjoy it? are you just literally doing it on the idea of i'm going to make money out of this like all of those things that think that chat gbt can do it despite the fact that google for instance can of course find any of that content and delete it or say that it's um copyrighted because it has that detector you know it's not that straightforward and if you're doing it just for that then it's pointless. Where's where's the any kind of passion in in what you're doing there, especially when it comes to YouTube? So I think the good thing with with things like YouTube specifically, um, looking at that, when you're making any kind of content, is you do it for a person that you create, and that person is usually you. You know, you enjoy your content. That's going to make it a lot easier to make. Um, that's why people like Mr. Beast can have those times because now I don't like it because it's made for him. It's made for him because he is. The people that he's making it for um you know the sidemen again the sidemen are a group of mates so they do the stuff that they love and they they will be like well fuck it we're just gonna mess about them they have a more sidemen channel which has this is their second channel which has about eight million subscribers um and that's half the time them just fucking around on gta or them you know they're just going yeah yeah and just taking the piss out of each other because that's something they enjoy and i think that's the biggest thing and you really can see it in the bigger creators as well is that they may maybe they started off differently and again look back at the old stuff from mr beast look at you know you, when people are trying to grind yes but when they get successful you realize oh wait it was because you just started being you you started yeah, making they start enjoying it you. do what they enjoy and that's, yeah, how, and I think that's a big thing yeah and i also think that on that note um it, it's crazy because you know you say like yeah when you know if, if you're gonna make content out of money or or you know or what but to me, it's like, you know, I, I don't believe in altruism. I think we all do what we yes. do because we obtain something out of it. Whether that's if you help someone, it makes you feel good about yourself or it makes you feel or you want to live. For example, in my case, I'm going to tell you why I make content about how to freelance. Mm -hmm. um, it's a little bit, um, it, you know, someone would say, oh, yeah, she's helping people. No, I'm helping myself. And I'm, I'm going to tell you why. I live in a country where there's not, you know, there, there aren't, aren't many jobs, right? And people get paid a really shitty salary. I don't want to live in that kind of country. I want to live in a better country. I'm going to do whatever I can to make it a little better. I don't know, you know, and it helps. Maybe, of course, it's not going to, it's going to, it's not going to make a big difference, but hey, I'm going to live in a better country. If more people, you know, have access to an actual job or they make better money, you know? It's going to help my country in any way. So why not? Why wouldn't I make content about it? You know, if I can help someone live a better life, why not? And on the other side, too, is um, my father, he he used to work a lot. Like he had two jobs. He wouldn't stop working ever. So I think that I got that, you know, work ethic from him. Um, but it breaks my heart because like he passed away. Listen to this one month before retirement. So he worked his entire life and he always was like oh I want to retire because he hated his job his boss he was treated very very poorly at work and it was so sad so the man worked his entire life just to die one one month before retirement you know and it, I know that you know what if you know he lived in in another you know another moment in life when you can work from home you know you can you can do these things so for many people, mental health, um, at least for me too, is 
you know, I don't, I don't particularly enjoy the nine to five, you know, working at a, in an office. I don't think it's good for, uh, I don't know, but for neurodivergent people, it doesn't sit very well because, you know, corporations and all. Um, but I'm not going to lie. I'm a capitalist too. I love money. I love making money. I think, you know, it's not about the money. It's about what you can do with it. Well, I can travel. I fucking love traveling. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so basically the thing is I'm doing this content because I want to see if I can help in a way of like, I'm helping my dad, but you know, he's, he's gone, but I don't know how to explain it, but it's selfish in the end. It's selfish. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would, I would separate the idea of self, um, I think self-care and self-understanding, self-compassion is not necessarily selfish. It's just that we've decided that that, that is the word we want to use. Just because something is um, helpful to oneself does not mean it is selfish. Turning on your light first, which is my my moniker from uh, mental health, does not mean you're being selfish. It means actually that from turning on your light first and looking after yourself, you're actually in a better place to help others. and you're being better for those around you uh, i mean the main you work two three jobs at a time why so that you could only so that you only have to work one yeah so yeah. just work one and i know that sounds patronizing as fuck especially for in america where there's a massive issue with uh with pay and things like that i mean you don't have you know um, minimum for for jobs but that one can be one that you've created yourself that you are passionate about that you have some yeah, drive yeah. for um and it's this idea that you can do so much with what you you have when you're going i want to do this so i'm going to hustle every day and do this i'm going to have a side hustle a side hustle here okay is one of those side hustles your actual passion because if it is maybe look at diversifying in that maybe branch out from there because if you're needing to side hustle and you need to do 50 jobs just so that you can have the opportunity to only work one, there's a problem. And that's a systemic problem that you need to deal with because you shouldn't be having to work 50 to be able to work one or to work 50 just to retire. There needs to be something else to it. And at the end of the day, if you working 50, 100 jobs, whatever, you know, stupid amount, because one day you'll be okay and you'll be able to retire fine. Yeah, but you could have spent time with your kids um and not gone to disneyland okay oh we're not going to disneyland no but i'm actually here this weekend to be able to talk to you to be able to interact with you you know it's it's the you know although i disagree with this um this tale because i actually like the um i, I think he was kind of right but it's screwed from ever from christmas carol yeah you know he, he there's there's the bit where he's with bell um in most adaptations as well where she's constantly talking about the fact that we will never have enough money to marry because you are always looking for a goal that is one that you've set yourself. There's always, we need more. There's always, it's, I'm not doing as well as I want to. Well, if you enjoyed your life, if you got married, if you had children, your life would take a completely different perspective. And actually that's far more rewarding to you than the money's ever going to be. Yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. Um, and now that you mentioned the, the passion and, you know, doing something that you actually enjoy instead of like having three jobs at once so what would you say because I think what you know when I talked on your podcast we talked a lot about self-discovery and I think that because it's easy to say yeah just 
you know, find your passion and work and, and do that. But so many people don't even know what their passion is. And what, what, you know, what advice would you give that, that those people, you know, how, how do you get to actually know yourself that much to know, okay, this, I enjoy this to a point where I could actually do this for a living. I mean, I always find it kind of strange when people go, I have no passion. Cause I'm always like, you, you will do something in the times when you don't think you can do anything you know your game you will write you will meditate you'll go for walks there is something that you do and again that passion doesn't have to be what you use to make money or to go further but it can be something that's in the background of you being able to do something you know it can be that you know there's nothing wrong with working at tesco or walmart but then at the weekend going hey but i'm only working this because i can get a little amount of money so i can go fishing so I can get a little bit of money so me and the kids can have a picnic. You know, it doesn't need to be, again, I'm going to use Disneyland. It doesn't have to be there every time. It can be just as engrossing for doing other things. And I think having that passion is alongside everything else as well. It doesn't have to be the thing you work towards because, again, we don't have to be productivists. And if we're not going to be productivists, it's fine to work at Walmart. And so that's the point to, to, to think about as well. But in terms of finding what you have that interest in, to finding what you think will um, bring you forward if there is not something that is shouting at you then that is not something you should necessarily go into it's, it is kind of as simple as that if there's not something that's shouting at you i you should absolutely do, oh my god this is amazing oh, just found, then why would you throw yourself into it why would you try to discover something that isn't discovering you um you know it's it's like the the the, the very overrated harry potter films you know the wand you don't choose the wand the wand chooses you it's it's kind of that straightforward if you, if it's not something that you is jumping out to you then why would you try and go into it because again you have the same issues you would do with any other job if if your idea is well this is going to make a lot of money so this is the one i'm going to go into yeah but work at walmart become a manager become an area manager you know why why put yourself out into something that's going to destroy you when you could do similar So whatever, and actually enjoy your time and have that, you know, that, that. Hey, you're looking for a passion and you just want to try out some hobbies. I, I, you know, if you think, you know, I know there's something I'm going to really enjoy like this, um, then maybe look at some hobbies, maybe try and find something that you, you're going to enjoy. Because if you're somebody that goes, you know what, I right and test that out and so that might be something that you you decide by looking at hobbies and so i think it it all depends on, on how you want to interact with it and if you're interacting with it purely on the idea of money that will always fail you if you look at it as pushing for your own hobbies discovering hobbies i think that's far better way of looking at it because any of the get rich quick schemes they don't work. Crypto has kind of shown itself up. Although there's plenty of crypto bros that will try and disagree with me, but I've always said that crypto is a gamble. It's exactly the same as playing with a roulette table. Um, you know, it's and it's it's proved itself over and over. You have so many of that you can get held into, and the problem with them, they're not a passion really. 
Um, wait, you're actually what you built up through then. Can you Am hear? Because it's, it's crashing a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I can. I can. I don't know. Hopefully, it's come out of the recording. Hopefully, people have understood what I said. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're if you're in that business, then yeah, if that. That's for you to go somewhere else. But if you're just looking at get rich, and that could be passionate, don't just think I will. Hopefully, you can. No way. This would be this would be the bit the way you you cut it out. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! I don't know if uh, whilst it was recording, it got your voice, but now you're you're frozen. I'm probably frozen. Okay, but you can hear me. Well, no, you're not frozen for me, but um, you'll see when you listen to it back. If not, I actively encourage you to put this onto YouTube as well as everything else because I think that is also part of the way that we're discussing things. Yeah. Is that you need to show people that there are times when things go wrong because of your internet, because of whatever. The yeah. only time I've ever cut something out of a podcast was when somebody went to the toilet and I couldn't be asked to riff <laughs> for two minutes. Um, that's it. But otherwise, I think you always keep in because if you keep in these, it's the same as putting bloopers at the end of films. Oh no, Some I'm not going to edit the the middle. Yeah. Like, so no. that's that's always it's always good because I think one of the most enjoyable times for some people when they go to the films is actually watching the bloopers. So I think it's great to show people that it can fuck up. <laughs> True. Um. But but yeah, I I I think I lost uh some of the bits that you said. Hopefully, uh, it recorded it. Like, in the <laughs> but yeah like coming back to that I, I I'm 100% there with you too and the thing is like I was just thinking about it you know the, the get rich uh scams it's, it's it's like I don't know but for some reason they're like growing and growing and growing and growing like there are more than ever before that's because you know social media is here to stay and like nobody's actually like actually you know seeing you know, what kind of content people are making and whether it is true or not. Because I think that it is sad, you know, talking about mental health because I want to keep it there too because because it's you. Um, but how detrimental that is for some people because I, I look at it, I mean, from someone coming from a, a country that is poor. I mean, I can only imagine someone who has like no money. I'm going to tell you, for example, here in Argentina, uh, it is crazy because this this guy that is like famous um, and he talks about crypto and he's like an influencer. But the guy's like, he's, he's so fucked up, like he's so fucked up. He says he's like a classic liberal, but he's actually not because he defends Putin. And he got all of his followers to buy uh, Bitcoin and now they fucking lost it. Like they they lost a lot of money because of this dude. So yeah. it's crazy how many, you know, how many of these people can end up ruining people's lives. Like how many people, maybe people who, you know, sold a house because they thought that they were going to make it big. It's it's crazy. It, does, it happens a lot. I mean, it's one of the main reasons when I was a Twitch streamer um, for, for some people that maybe recognize me. I don't know if we have a, a, a an audience that overlaps, but I would actively tell people off if they gave me money on Twitch. I didn't accept donations. I would do a month, um, month or two where I was doing it for charity. And so everything that came in went to charity. But if that logo of the charity wasn't there, I would tell you off. Um, I, I banned uh, people. I timed them out because they dared to give me money because it's not what I'm there for. You know, especially when you're talking in terms of mental health, I don't believe you should be making money out of it. And again, it goes back to that moral question that I, I said before. But so many of the get rich quick schemes 
I think, come down to this an answer for productivity within a productivist world. And that's the thing of like, well, yeah, you, you need to be productive. You need to make a load of money. Well, look, if you just do this, it's going to make you money straight away. Rather than just going, hey, let's take the steps. You know, it's it's that same bullshit you have with things like steroids and with, um, you know, any kind of um, enhanced um, medications and things like that. If you're just going, I'm just going to cheat my way to the top. You get none of the rest of it. You get none of the the lead up. You get none of the journey. You just get the conclusion, and the conclusion is never going to be as good as half of the journey. You know, when you when you have an adventure, when you go on a road trip, you don't. If you go on a road trip from Alaska to Florida you don't talk about how good Florida was. You talk about what crazy shit happened on the way. And I think that's the biggest problem now is that everyone's going, yeah, but we can just fly to Florida. So yeah. Okay. That cost a lot and was boring, but fine. Okay. Like nothing's happening until you get into Florida. The rest of it is okay. Well, fuck. We went, we had to go down through, through, um, you know, Washington and go into, into Seattle. And, you know, we had to, Oh, we decided to go actually along the, the bottom. So we went all the way into California. We went over into Nevada. We spent some money there and my God, we went into Texas and, you know, that's the story. And that's the bit that actually makes anything. And that's the journey of so many people. Even if we go back, although I've had a go at it, people like Apple, you know, they had that journey. They didn't immediately go snap the fingers and get there. They had that journey. But I think so many people have got to this idea of like, well, I can't keep um, knocking myself into the ground through productivist ideals. Therefore, the answer must be this rather than going, hey, the answer is actually look after yourself and work slowly. And I think that's the thing that people have started to move away from. Yeah, you're right about that. And it's cool because, you know, it goes to show people that, you know, they 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 can't enjoy their lives while making, you know, um, whatever they have to do to, you know, just be able to pay for their own lives. The thing is, you know, I talk a lot about uh, freelancing only because I'm here in Argentina. Um, you know, if I were in another country, I probably wouldn't even talk much about it because to be honest, I mean, you can work at, like you said, you can work at a Walmart and like you can still pay for whatever thing you want, like, right? Uh, of course, you're not going to become rich, but, you know, if you don't need to be rich to be happy, then fuck, fuck it, work for a Walmart. I mean, Argentina doesn't work. It's like, if you work at a Walmart, you don't make it till, you know, the, the end of the, the month, but that's a different story. There's probably <laughs> discussion about that in America in some states as well. But, yeah, but in um... America, like, if, if you live in America, if you live in, U in, in the UK, in Canada, or in Australia, I mean, just, enjoy your life life is so short it, it all comes down to that like it's short yeah. and, and and i'm telling you like you know there's this um there's this uh with my mom i always talk about that because my mom is um she takes care of old people that are actually dying so and and it's crazy because sometimes i ask her like what do you talk uh what do you talk about with them and it's crazy because you know most of the people they they it's not like they um, they regret um, you know, the things that they did. They they regret but the things they they haven't done. And 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 if you think about it, if you're working all day, you don't get much time to to do things that you enjoy, right? Yeah, I mean it's the it's the film. It, although it's not the best film, it is it has a decent story to tell. Is the film Click with Adam Sandler? And I don't know if you've seen it, but it's basically no. a remote control. So he goes to Bed Bath and Beyond, 
um, and he's he's looking for a new remote, universal remote for his TV and stuff. And he finds this universal remote um, that actually fast forward, fast forward. Yeah, I know what movie that is, but yeah. yeah just... and, so, and so you he fast forwards and it's like, right, okay, I've, I've done that. I've got a promotion. And then he's right at the end, basically, as an old man realizing that his kids hate him because he never spent any time with them. Yes, he's a CEO and incredibly wealthy, but he's he's divorced. Yeah. His kids have left him because he never took time to do anything else. He spaced out. He was on autopilot for everything else. And he just worked on the, the side of getting rich and getting to the, that position. He didn't enjoy life. There was no enjoyment to life because he thought, hey, I can skip that. I don't need to do that. Well, actually, yeah, you probably do. Because if you don't think about anything else then there's a problem. I mean, if you think of it, this the simplest way is when people go, oh yeah, but I can use my money when I'm rich. Yes, you can. But why are you using it on the way up? There's a reason that, you know, people like Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk decide, fuck it, we're going into space. It's because they're using their money and just going, ah, fuck it, we'll just do it. But they also did this along the way as well. And they also both, although you can argue how they did it, they also both had a journey. They didn't just randomly, um, you know, buy a... a um, crypto and get there they had the journey along the way as well and they've done things that they can now not have to regret because you can do something and go epically fucking wrong but you still tried it mm. you still went fuck okay well i can do you know it's that that idea of like you can get incredibly hurt doing something going yeah but yeah but i fucking tried um you know for instance i've bungee jumped i've done um running with the balls in pamplona um i've run 15 marathons in 15 days i have road for 26 hours and 26 minutes i have done 30 miles running 30 miles rowing 30 miles cycling all in 17 and a half hours i did these things because i could and because they were doing something i managed to travel basically um across two continents for free um it's these are things that i'm not going to regret doing i may have regretted if there was something else going on in my life else going on in my life and i did them instead of it then there's reasons for regret but if but those are not journeys and, and things that I've done that I'll regret. The fact that I, if I hadn't have done them and I've had the opportunity, then I'm going to regret it. I've had the chance to um, climb Kilimanjaro three times. One of them, I had a reason to not go and I would have regretted it the other way around. But the other two, the other two would have been potentially embarrassing or problematic for discussions within it. But in reality, I could have still gone. And and that's why I regret it. And that's why one day I will absolutely climb Kilimanjaro because I don't want that to be the thing that I regret because I already know now that I would start to regret it. So if you've got those opportunities, if you've got that interaction, do it. Don't just go, yeah, but I can work another weekend. Yeah, but you can also spend time with your kids. You can also go with your partner and have a picnic by the, um, you know, in a meadow somewhere. You can, you know, depending on where you are in the world, if you're in England, for instance, which has incredibly cheap um flights to different countries hey you can go to austria for the weekend you can go to paris to rome for the weekend you know you can spend that time doing stuff that you will not have to regret because you'll enjoy it yeah and about that like i find regret a very interesting feeling you know a very interesting emotion because it teaches you a lot about yourself do you have any regrets and what did you learn from those regrets masses of regrets i think everyone does i think if you don't have regrets there's there's something's gone fucking wrong there yeah. um i think a lot of regrets are, are, are times when i've been self-destructive though there are times when i've actively almost wanted to have a go at myself and, and and not known where i was in my own head not known what i was doing not really um thought about things properly and they've been self-destructive towards me and so they've been regretful 
for generally because of the hurt they may have brought to other people you know um especially in my 20s you know i i've always said that every crazy ex that you can ever mention you were their crazy ex too um you know you're always the bad guy in somebody else's story and i think that's something that we should always look to improve on or have a regret of that we were that however of course that then dictates you hopefully not being a bigger dickhead tomorrow you know every day you're hopefully a little little bit less of a dickhead than the day you were before i think when you start to think that you are you know pure white snow then there's an issue um when you think that you know you can't do you can do no harm everything you do can have an impact and so i think regrets will always build up but it's being able to see the regrets start to get less and less as you move forward and be able to look at a past year a past month a past week a past day and go yeah there was stuff i could do there was stuff that went wrong but the stuff that i managed to do out of it that was improved yeah and that but but coming back to that so what what's the biggest lesson for you for you particularly that you say okay out of this i got this in particular i mean I think just just self-understanding of, of who you are is the biggest one, because I think you can be, you know, for, for me, I, I for many times because of mental health issues that I've suffered from because of neurodivergency, um, you know, they can all be used as excuses. But at the end of the day, there's there's part of me that needed to learn that needed to grow up that didn't. Um, I think that's the, the case for many people. Um, yeah. But, you know, Especially I, for me. <laughs> I mean, um, you know, the, the, you know if, if I had to think it's how many times I said things that were really hurtful mm. without knowing I had ADHD. But then again, it's not an excuse. It's like, you know, if, if you have someone who's drunk and they, they start hitting other people or doing something, it's like, yeah, well, being drunk is not, you know, it's not an excuse. No, it's, it's, it's never an excuse. It is an explanation. So there are certain things that, of course, certain people ca cannot control um, but you always always work towards it. But then you're, you, you know, the point should be that you, whoever you're interacting with, you you have a discussion about the fact that those are things that can affect you, um, and both of you should be aware of that fact. Um, so that's where it kind of diverges from things like being drunk. Um, but of course, again, it, it still isn't an excuse, but it is an explanation. I think that that's something that's been misunderstood a lot um, with mental health. But then again, as I say, there's always just you everyone's a bit of a dick in their 20s if you're not i think you're remembering it wrong um you know everyone in their 20s is a dick because it's the time when we are you know we are learning about who we are you know we are at our worst our worst qualities we either keep them and become horrible adults um you know not to say that you're not an adult in your 20s but you know what i mean um or we get better um, and become just normal people who fuck up occasionally but still do okay or you become amazing people you know it's it's something that happens I think to all of us and it certainly happened to me I think there's there's definitely times in my in my life uh, and I've said this many times there's plenty of my exes that you could point to and you could ask them hey did you know that uh, Adam's now uh, running a mental health charity and he helps with mental health and they would look at you dumbfounded and be like what the <laughs> fuck are you on about that cunt should not be let anywhere near help you know and that's that's the case it's not it's because i was a piece of shit and i think that's something i always think that's something that people um should always remember and not embrace but fully recognize is that you were almost at some point in your life almost definitely a piece of shit 
And it, the more we say to ourselves, now I, I was okay. I wasn't that bad. No, no, you were, you were, you, you, you absolutely were. Ask the people around you, but you probably don't talk to them anymore because you were a piece of shit. That's the, that's the thing. And I think it's, it's not a bad thing to look back at yourself and think that it's a good thing to be able to go. I no longer am, you know, it's, it's the downgrade. I'm no longer a piece of shit, but I'm an arsehole. So, you know, it goes with one, one or the other. So it's, it's just seeing how you progress. And I think that's probably the stuff that I've learned is it's, half the course but we need to recognize that we also hurt people along the way and and that should be something that we potentially atone for in in our actions to help others in the future mm. that's what i like about you you keep it real like you say it's it's, it's you know everyone's an asshole but you know am, am i your type of asshole and i think that too i mean how there's too many people saying like no i'm good like no fuck off fuck off you're <laughs> lying <laughs> Uh, but I do, I do believe that, um, definitely. Um, now, something else I wanted to ask you has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but I want to know because, you know, people watching this will be interested in, in this particular thing. Uh, one of the reasons why people want to, you know, work as a freelancer or whatever is because they like traveling. You travel a lot and you have traveled a lot and yep. you are a very good example that you don't need a lot of money to travel. Um First of all, why do that's you travel? Really, that's some really weird wording. That makes me sound like I'm a pauper traveling, but I get <laughs> No, I believe the point you're making is I'm an incredibly frugal person. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, so it is different depending on uh, where you are. So if you're, um, if you're in England, uh, I'm guessing your question was how the fuck are you doing it basically? No, right? no, 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 no. Okay. I want to know I will why, you I will, I will. <laughs> why you do it. Um, okay. and, and then, you know, what, what advice would you give people who maybe, you know, like me have the, the same uh, excuse, like, no, I don't want to spend the money. No, I, you know, I want to keep saving. I want to invest yep. money, whatever. I mean, the, the 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 last one first, which the the kind of, oh, I want to keep saving. What the fuck are you saving for if the point of the savings is for you to travel? Just fucking travel. Yeah. I mean, it's the simplest thing, but it's the same thing as like you're you're working 15 jobs just so that you can um you can work one. I mean, especially if you're, for instance, going to be traveling into Europe, you can then travel to basically every other continent for fuck all. Now, obviously, if you're trying, you're you're traveling from Canada, America or South America, um, it's incredibly expensive to a point depending on which VPN you're using for specific countries that may speak English as their first language, maybe VPN into them and using that as, you know, can get you a lot cheaper um, tickets, for instance, so that's an easy way around it. Um, but also if you travel into Europe to then travel to everywhere else, it's incredibly cheap. My return tickets to the Middle East were £45, which is the equivalent of like $50, $60. Like that was my return ticket to the Middle East. So because there's a lot of people that go, oh, yeah, but you can just travel around Europe because it's cheaper. No, 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 no. I traveled to Asia. <laughs> Middle East is Asia. I traveled to the Asia. And also I did the, the, the no money, money challenges when I went to the Middle East as well. And also different parts. I went off to the coast of Africa one year without spending any money at all. Um, so, you know, if your idea is, oh, well, I, I need to keep saving, I need to, you're creating an excuse not to do something you really want to do. And as we say, the regrets you have are the things that you don't do. That's what you're going to regret. You're going to regret the yeah. fact that you will look back and go, I had the money all along. I, I absolutely had the money. Why the fuck didn't I do it? Because you, what is going to reward you more if you travel from, I don't know, Seattle to Croatia and spend two weeks or a month in Croatia, which will cost you 
purple because the price of um, things out there is much less than say in Seattle, especially in Seattle, um, the price of uh, accommodation food is going to be much less. And whilst you're in Croatia, hey, maybe you you move around, maybe spend a couple of days in Serbia, maybe, you know, um, and have an amazing two, three, four weeks on next to nothing. Or you keep saving, 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 you have a heart attack and now all the money's going on that and you never had that journey. You know, which one is more important? Which one are you going to regret? Which which one is is the thing you're going to be looking back on? This idea of constantly finding something to be your excuse, and I mean, I've so I've created t-shirts because for those of those that don't know, one of the channels I've created relatively new is up for traveling. Um, uh, I'm going to leave your like, channels below. You're going to have to oh, send me good. all ten of them. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Um, so you know, I'll um with the traveling one. You know, I put out a video there every month. Uh, two weeks to every month um, which is usual for traveling because you're traveling so you can't fucking make the videos <laughs> unless you're doing them like on the go which you can always tell but um you know you have to the... make the um, uk ones at least for me I'm, I'm i'm one of your subscribers i'm asking for it oh, there you go i mean for, uh, with with the traveling ones i've, I've created a, a new logo which i'm going to hopefully make into a t-shirt and um the, the biggest <laughs> thing for me is the colorful um kind of map of the world and then with, um, you know, an orange in the middle in kind of cartoony language is the, just the word next with a question mark. And that has two um, things to it. One, what's the next country I'm going to? And the other thing is, what's your next excuse? Because you will find one. If you've always made those excuses, you will find one. And people can knock them down and then you'll find another one. You will create them as you go. You've done this when we had this discussion. You were yeah. literally creating excuses on the fly as you were doing it. And you were going, yeah, but that, no, next. And that, I think that was literally what I said. I was just like, next. Because that that doesn't make that that doesn't hold water. Next, you know. I I need to I, I need to stop you right there. For just for people listening, uh, like when was it? This was like um three two three months ago. October October around that that time. Yeah. Um, we were chatting with with Adam. Uh, because I I don't know how it it all started, but I I think I said to you that I wanted to travel more. You mm. said Do you have some time. We jumped on a Zoom call just like now. And he kept asking me next, 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 because I had the money and I always wanted to travel. And it's crazy how by just asking me that, that question, he got me into buying the tickets for Italy, <laughs> like not even an hour after we hung up. Like that was crazy. But it is it's um, it, it's it's interesting how just that single question can take you that, you know, that further into, you know. Yeah, it's it's I think the reason that it gets you there is because you realize that if somebody's able to just do that and just go next, that there was no actual reason you had before you just thought there was. And when you start to have the realization of that, I think it's, you get somewhere. I mean, I've, I've had that with other people, you know, I've had people that have moved over from Canada with literally nothing. And I've been like, and they're like, oh, okay, well, I've got to settle down before I can do traveling. Like, well, wait a minute, you were living in Canada. You're now in England. Was this not the point that you wanted to be able to travel? Yeah, but I need the money to be able to travel. No, no, because when you get a job and you're, you're easy, that's going to be a lot harder. Why not travel now? And um, with one person, actually, I was in the pub in London. Um, they'd been in England for a week and I persuaded them to um, buy themselves a ticket to Lithuania. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. is, that, is that how you persuaded people to get a tattoo? By just going next, next, next? So, this might be okay, like the best copyright we're, we're getting. Let me explain this. So <laughs> Yes Theory, most, I think a lot of people will know Yes Theory. Yes Theory, again, a big group. Um, and the idea of just going yes to things, you know, you, you just say yes hey do you want to jump out of a plane if you're fucking paying for it yes you know and so i uh, went to a yes theory meetup um on my birthday last year 
last year year before it was last year um and i had just i'd actually just come back from traveling a little bit i just come back from the netherlands that week about two days beforehand and i was like well i'll go fuck it i've got nothing to do it's not a big birthday i'll go to this yesterday meetup in london so i went to this meetup um and i was there i just went well i'm gonna go back traveling anyway hey guys does anyone here want to go traveling and like 80 people two people went yeah okay didn't know them complete strangers and um they were like yeah okay and exchange numbers um one was somali american one was somali brit so not from the same place and um then about halfway through the week i was like okay cool so which country are we going to and like the first message you got back was like fuck you are serious I was like, yeah um and so it was like, okay cool right uh, uh, okay right let's do it and i was like cool right let me organize it let's sort it out and we flew to greece um uh a week after my birthday so it's a week after we met so three strangers, um, a week after um, I met them, we flew out to Greece. Um, my On my podcast, you can actually find it because I did a podcast with them, just kind of going, why the fuck are you here with me? It's the worst, worst quality video and everything ever, because of course it was, I didn't take luggage. I, it was just what was in my rucksack. So I just took them. Um, and so, yeah, they, we went there. And when we were in Greece, I went, we could only do this for like a few weeks, whatever, but do you need to go back to work? Like the American was on like summer holiday. <laughs> well, not summer, you know, but he was on holiday from America. You know, he's a student. And I was like, well, you don't need to go back. How about you? And he rang into work ill. Um, and I just went, right, let's go to Hungary. Um, so we flew um, then like a, a bit later, we flew from, we spent time in Greece. We enjoyed Greece. Um, really cool place. Really nice restaurants there. Kept They really loved us at one of the restaurants um and kept giving us free booze so cool um and then we flew out to hungary um this was when um <laughs> this was when there was a massive snowstorm in greece and we were the last plane out of athens airport um and then we went to hungary um we got into hungary we found a bar um really enjoyed it and it had karaoke and it was, yeah cool um and then we i was chatting to them and it was coming to the end of our time in hungary and i just went does it have to be the last Thing we do like can we not do something else and that same day we actually found somebody on yes theory on facebook um oh well just before that i heard that i think a couple of days beforehand persuaded them hey guys we've done yes theory there's a tattoo place why don't we get a tattoo let's just why not and they're like well, i don't know and i'm an r-ring almost to the last point um and I just, let's just fucking go let's just do it let's just we'll just go there I, I tell you what, I'm going to fucking get it anyway, because this is a yes theory trip, technically. Fuck it, I'm going. And then when they got there, it was a lot easier. And for one of them, it didn't harm the, the very attractive tattoo artist. And suddenly he didn't have so many complaints. Um, but then um, a day or two later, I think it was a day later, that on the yes theory um, group for Europe, there were two, again, two English guys. We didn't know who the fuck they were, com complete strangers, who um, were just like, hey, guys, we're in Budapest. Is anyone around? And we're like, guys come and meet us come to the pub come on and then i had a chat with them and i persuaded them to ring in uh sick for a week or two um and one of them was a doctor so i hope nothing happened there um but persuaded them hey just just ring in you know just just make up excuse um and so they rang in sick and i persuaded one of them because he was about to get a tattoo i was like hey why not make another tattoo your first one and so it's why i've got um i've got well there i've got yes now, i mean i obviously have other tattoos but the word yes there um and i persuaded him to get an, a yes tattoo so he same thing it's just the word yes so one of the two got a tattoo as well 
Um, and in with um, persuading them to stay on and as like, hey, you know, you're meant to be leaving today because you're, you're meant to be going home tomorrow. Fuck that. Come out of your Airbnb. Come to ours. Come and stay at ours. And then um, tomorrow we'll get your tattoo. And then we'll be a day or two later. And then let's get a train to Austria. And so we t- we went with him, went back to the same tattoo artist because they'd been good. One of them um, got a tattoo. So we had four of us that got a tattoo out there with the word yes. Um, and then uh, two or three days later, we got a train, which cost us £7.89 is the equivalent, from all the way from Hungary to Austria. Um, and then I was like, hey, guys, originally you guys wanted to go to Italy, right? That's the reason you came out, but you just changed it last minute. And I persuaded the, those group of four um, I was like, hey, you go to Italy. I've already got trip things. I need to go back because I need to fly out from London to go somewhere else. And I persuaded them. And so um, after spending some time in Austria, we said our goodbyes. They went off to Italy and I came back to the UK so that I could then the day later fly out to Montenegro and then on to Jordan. Um, but yeah, it was just all from having a chat. You know, they all really wanted to do the stuff and they <laughs> wanted to have that. And that trip of just randomly meeting a stranger and going, hey, yeah, let's go to Greece, let's go to Hungary, fuck it, let's go to Tattoo, and let's go to it. Like, that isn't something they're going to regret. I mean, the tattoo, maybe. Um, but it's not going to be something they, they regret. Do you regret something... the tattoo? Huh? Do you regret oh, no, no, the tattoo? I mean, it's, but yeah. But, um, give you a you good know, story. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be far more that they go, you know, um, that was fucking epic. What the fuck? You know, it's not going to be something they regret. It's going to be something to look back on and go, hey, I wish I could do that again. Because now maybe they, their job asked too much of them, especially the one that's a doctor, you know. Um, there could be things that, that just stop them being able to do that. And so when they look back at it and go, fuck, that was great. I, I wish I'd wish I'd done that before. You know, that would have been you know, great if I could keep doing that. It's not something they regret. It's going to be something they look back on with fondness. What was the other question you asked? Because you stopped me to ask about the persuasion there. Yeah. Why Why do you travel? What, what do you get out of it? I, I mean, I enjoy it. I think I think it's also educational. I mean, I am addicted to education in general, academically. Um, hence the certificates behind me, just to make me look pretty. Um, but I I do I enjoy learning about different countries, different cultures, seeing it, enjoying the food. You know, I've I've had this thing on one of my other channels, my gaming channel, which is up for bad gaming because I'm fucking awful. Well, I I think people enjoy the rage that I have because I will see GeoGuessr, for instance, um, which is just Google Maps and people figuring out where something is within seconds. And I'm looking at it going, but that doesn't look like there. And it's very strange because the fact that I have been to these places actually means that I'm very bad at the game because I'm not looking for a meta. I'm not looking for a, oh, well, if you see this <laughs> particular thing there, it could be this. And I'm like, yeah, but... I can make that in any country. And I've been to this place and I've seen that. I've smelt it. I've seen what happens. I've, I've interacted with the people there. It's not just a picture to me. It's not something like that. I know what it's like that. I know what the food is like. I know if I go to Montenegro, I can get an amazing pizza. I know if I go to Hungary, I can get a great pizza as well. Um, and they are two of the other countries that I'll go to other than Italy, obviously. But I know that those two countries in particular have very good pizza as well as Italy. I also know that I can get... Um, uh, an amazing kind of phyllo mushroom uh, wrap if I go to Montenegro. I know that if I go to uh, Jordan and I have less than one pound in my pocket, I can afford to eat because I can get a sub, um, falafel sub for the equivalent of 65 uh, pence or 65 cents. Uh, you know, I know that if I go into a mosque there and um, pay respects that they will feed me, they will make sure I have water and they will try and help me as much as they can. I know that if I walk into... Um, a 
uh, a Scottish pub in Fuerteventura in the um, Canary Islands that I'll be able to speak to a, um, a load of Scottish people there that have come over and I'll be able to have a chat with them and uh, reminisce about what we'd call home. I know if I go to Cork in in Ireland that I can go into the main city and have a look at um, an indoor market there, which is very similar to the one in Hungary and Budapest. And they both have the thing that if you go upstairs, you can enjoy the local foods. I know those things because I've been there. I've enjoyed it. I've seen it. I've smelt it. I've tasted it. And again, those are things that I can't regret. There are things I know about it because I've been there. I've seen it. I've done it. I've enjoyed it. And it's not just a report on a on a TV show. It's not just a documentary. It's not just something I read about. It's not just something I go on a cruise for and enjoy for like one day until you're back on the cruise ship. Um, I always uh, find them quite amusing for people that say they travel and they've been on a cruise ship. And it's like, you were in, you were there for eight hours. Like, um, you know, I, I've, I've stayed in fucking horrendous accommodation in, um, in places like Sofia. I've stayed in the middle the middle of um, Wadi Rum in Jordan with the Bedouin and drunk Bedouin tea, sage, which is sage tea, um, whilst having a shisha pipe in the middle of the fucking desert where I know that they recorded Lawrence of Arabia. The, and those are moments that you can't have from sitting in front of a screen and going, well, I'm looking at really nice pictures. Like, but they are things that for £45, I've got a return ticket to go there and just figure out the rest of when you're there. Um, it's why one of my favorite things and one of my favorite challenges to do is the um, is the no money challenge, which uh, or runaway, which is where you have um, no money for food, no money for accommodation, no money for travel. You have 36 hours. You have to get as far away as possible um, and you do it for charity. You get people to sponsor you and you get things along the way and things like that. You can't be given any money because any money that's given to you is a direct donation. So you can't use that to travel. You have to be given ticket um, that somebody's bought you. Or you, have to, you have to be given food. You have no friends or family that can help you and just see how you can get and that's fun because there's a challenge there that it shows your your cunning and your ability to do things it, it, you manage to travel and talk to people i think it's a great thing because you manage to talk to people from other cultures you manage to interact with people and you get out of the bubble of what you think about maybe yourself your own country your own culture and you start to enjoy and understand other people's yeah i i, I always find it interesting how for, for example here it's it's full of uh, travelers here in argentina but it's crazy how many of them just hang around with expats it's like you know if i went to another country the last thing i want is expats like no i want to meet the people from there right like i want to talk to the locals i want to try their food um i want to get to know their culture but then again i mean in that in that sense i mean maybe we come from the same background in the sense that we enjoy traveling because we like learning about you know that that culture or whatever their story yeah it's 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 being part of it rather than just reading about it exactly uh and now what is the the biggest lesson that you got out of traveling uh, trying to think of something that i didn't already think beforehand that's the thing because a lot of it i i kind of went there with an, a relatively open mind because i think the lessons that you could learn are ones that I'd learned because of hardships that I'd seen in England. Cause I have been homeless twice. And so um, I, I think it'd been very easy for me to then later in life go, Hey, luxury, let's go for a hotel or something, but okay. it's not something that I do. I think one of the best things to do um, that I've been, you know, persuaded other people to do as well is to live, live as near to somebody that actually is from there as possible. Don't do hotels. Don't do, 
you know, I, I, one of the or, or the, one of the best ones is to go to a hostel. You know, I have no issue with going to. I'm nearly forty. I'm happy to go to a hostel. I don't care. You know, there's there's a brilliant hostel that's just around the around the corner from the Central Market in Budapest. Um, that's that's quite a you know very engaging one. There's another decent one in Sofia, which is quite a party one, and it's a lot of fun. Um, and, and you can interact there and there. You know, they have the rules, and it's they're very safe. Um, you know, obviously you research these things, but I think being open to just talk to people, being open to do those things, which of course can be very difficult depending on what your background is and to who you are. And it can be obviously very different for different people. For instance, if you're a solo um, woman traveler, then it may seem very intimidating. But then of course you have people like Lexi Limitless, um, who you can YouTube, who has been to every country on earth, most of them as a solo traveler. So who can then show you, hey, if you're coming from this, you can still do this. You can still interact. You can still have fun. You can still, you know, so there are people out there that, that still do it. Um, and I, I think it's just finding how you can deal with it. Don't try and, if you want to do it because you've seen a YouTuber, don't try and be them. Maybe take some tips. Maybe go, oh, well, they, they went to this pub, you know? Okay, well, I'll try that pub out. Okay, fair. And And then, but the next step shouldn't be, oh, and then they went to this place afterwards. The next step should be, well, I'm in here. Hey, man, what's the best food here? Or what's the best drink here? Or, you know, what's a good place to hang out? Oh, cheers. Because that's going to get you a lot better along the way. I think interacting with people, if you can, if you find a way, is the, is definitely the best thing you can do. Yeah. I mean, actually, the, one, of the, one of the funniest ones for me was when I was sleeping rough. Uh, I didn't, well, I slept rough for one night here. It was in Paris. So I don't like Paris. And I think it was probably because it was overhyped when I was younger and I didn't go there until I was much later in my 20s and so i think just by that point i it didn't you know i love france don't get me wrong france is amazing the french people actually love the french people they were fantastic to me when i was out there um really? yeah yeah i have no qualms I, I know that it's for an english person it's always the other way around for me absolutely not the french people out there were absolutely amazing i had no issue with any parisians out there i had no issue in the villages the villages were fucking fantastic um but i started in a pub um years ago this was me and a friend of mine me and two friends of mine actually and we're in a pub and we just went hey let's cycle across france um and we're like, yeah, yeah let's cycle across, across france like halfway across and then we'll go into belgium cycle into belgium then we'll come back around and go back to england wait what's um, the name of that there's um like a marathon not, not a marathon as oh yeah no this wasn't this though this was just wasn't us it? just going no ah. this was us just going fuck it we'll get to, into halfway into uh, france then into uh, belgium have a pint in belgium because they are constantly the winners of the best beer in the world and then just like circle around and we um only two of us went um we got our tent stolen the first within the first half an hour of being in calais fantastic. so that first night we um spent in under the stars in our sleeping bags um and by the time we got into paris um the like a day or two later um we'd gone through villages actually that that first day we'd gone into a village um and had uh lefe which is obviously belgian beer because we thought would you know later on but um it was so amazing going with a friend of mine because i'd spent time in in france before and i'd you know i'd, I'd spent months in in france um effectively living there i'd, I'd been to foreign exchange and things like that um but my my, my friend hadn't really and uh, we went into a village and it, he was so so out of his mind on these chocolate eclairs um chocolate chocolate cream filled eclairs so it's chocolate cream inside and he was just like oh my god and we were just in a we were in um this uh village it's just a little village about 20 30 miles outside of calais and he was just blown away and it was so nice because obviously 
um, we our French wasn't exactly great, but they could and and their their English wasn't fantastic because it's just a little village. But they could literally see how excited he was. It was just a, it was a great little cultural moment where they were that you could see them kind of puff up of like oh yeah. Well. Um, but then then when we got into Paris and um, we actually had our bike stolen, so <laughs> we had our bike stolen when we got to Paris. How we did that gar- happen? So we we were at the Gare du Nord, which is uh, actually a really dodgy um, station, really, really dodgy uh, station. But we weren't told this, so we. That's why mind, we need to talk to the locals. They exactly, always tell you. <laughs> uh, exactly. In our minds, we we basically headed for central Paris, right. um, and then went okay. Well, and and we stupidly thought, well, where would we leave our bikes if we were in England? And we're like, well, we'd go to a, a train station because that's where you leave your bike. So we thought, hey, the Gare du Nord. So we went, so we cycled to the train station left our bikes there and then they both got stolen when we were out having pizza um in france because that's what you do because and we'd only taken enough money because we've been very stereotypical we'd taken enough money for bread cheese and wine that was it we'd taken just enough so we had no money to stay somewhere we had nothing um and so that night um when we found out what was happening we started speaking to the jardin um which is scary enough anyway because those fuckers have massive great machine guns um then just started talking to people and going like this is what's happened we need to get to the police station we need to report that the bikes are gone um started chatting to some americans and uh, an irish uh, guy who were like hey here's somebody to go to the police station here's somebody to get a taxi to get to the police stations that was amazing so the americans and the irish that we, we met in paris were fantastic and the police officer was fantastic when we got to the station they were just like okay so this way you need to do this this would be for your insurance great fantastic and then we were like okay what the fuck do we do now um and so we went okay british embassy uh, obviously you were going to the embassy we found out where it was um it's the only embassy in the area that was being protected by Jardin, which is the police armed police so we're like okay fuck it we'll, we'll have to sleep somewhere else like um so we slept in a doorway of a uh, dress shop opposite the japanese embassy and it was fantastic because my friend obviously didn't have any experience of sleeping rough i had so i was like no we'll be fine like we're good you know um and we're kind of taking it in terms of, of sleeping and then they had like um like a taxi thing came round um that was giving out water bananas and and stuff to people that are sleeping rough which i have to say london sadiq khan fucking do that um and um i just went up to them and just went hey my friend and me a little bit worried like obviously we're not we're not um french citizens we do have our english passports on us but you know we're sleeping rough like could it be a problem they just went no you've you know you've explained it um if you just say to them what's happened um and that you're english and you've got your passport they're gonna leave you alone you'll be fine um would you like some hot chocolate and a banana and some chocolate fucking yes i would then thank you so they were very good and then um actually the, the people that were the worst in um france by by country mile were the english people at the embassy who really? did not help us at all they did not help us at all um it's only because of a phone call back to a friend of mine back in england who had studied at the Sorbonne in paris that actually helped us get back and even even when we got back to calais when we finally managed to get our way back to calais um we were like okay we've got a bit of money let's go for a pint and we went in there and i was just saying how nice the glasses were because they're very ornate glasses and the woman behind the bars went oh okay clean the glass there you go presents from us and uh i've just just found uh, on my phone here is a, um, a hostel we've booked you in for for a, 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 um, a room for yourselves you can go there whenever you want 
fucking so the French were fantastic. The French were wow. actually fantastic. That goes to uh, show that you know people have to travel. Like you know, I've never been. I, I never been to France, and all of the stories that I hear from people who, who went there is that no, the French that they're they're not very friendly. They're they're actually not that kind, and you know you're probably expecting something else, and then you hear these stories, and it's like no, maybe you need to go and see it for yourself. I think a big thing is that people are dicks when they're out there. Most I think this is the big thing I always talk about is there's a big difference between being a tourist and a traveler. I think if you're traveling then you interact you treat places like you would do back in your own country you talk to people if you're a tourist you are the most annoying motherfucker on the planet <laughs> and they don't treat tourists well but no one does it's almost a game in london and if a tourist asks you some how to get to somewhere we'll send you the wrong fucking direction like it's like yeah if you ask a london we're I, I, nice I, with tourists and, and travelers yeah. too but, but tourists, I think tourists just get fucked with sometimes because tourists aren't also very, uh, tourists are very rarely nice to the people around them. Tourists can be very abrasive. And so you get that. You get English tourists or whatever tourists go to Paris and be like, oh, where's Eiffel Tower? Where's this? And it's like, what the fuck? Excuse me? Buy a paper off of them and be like, hey, I'm, I'm really sorry. I don't know where the fuck I am. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm being touristy. Sorry about that. I know where the hell is the Eiffel Tower? Yeah. And like, talk to them like a, like a human being and they'll be like, ah, oh, okay, English, uh, yeah, that way, you know. They'll talk to you. I'm, I apologise to French people for my awful accent attempt there. But they'll, they'll just direct you because you're being a normal person. Whereas if you demand things and then get irritated by the fact that they haven't just snapped to your attention, yeah, they're going to be dicks to you yeah. because... <laughs> I mean, if you try and, and and the thing is as well, and a lot of people say this, but it is true. If you try the language or at least know how to say hello and thank you, those two things, you will be amazed at how much more respect you get. If that is all you know, it is still something. If you can say hello and thank you, because um, because you can also make that into a joke with them. Say hello, and then they can try and speak French to you, and you're like, I'm so sorry, that was all I learned. I'm an idiot. And they're like, oh, okay, don't, don't worry, come in, come in. You know, they'll, they'll make that joke because you are. Um, and I think a big, a big thing, especially with the France, is that they are, uh, you'll get it in the Netherlands as well, is that they are direct. It's, they're not being rude, they're just direct. So the, I think the Netherlands gets it a lot because the Netherlands are like the Germans, but more direct. So they're, they're very much kind of, this is, this is this, this is what I'm going to tell you, you know, that's it. Yeah. straightforward i think sri lankans are quite similar as well it's very kind of this is it um there's a comedian um ramashranganathan um who's actually from the same um county that i'm from in west sussex um but he made the point that when he was in um he was in sri lanka because he's sri lankan heritage but not kind of sri lankan he was born in england and he said that when he you know he knew nothing about sri lanka and um so he traveled there and met like lost lo uh, long lost uncles and things and they would just say stuff that he was like if i was in england that would be the rudest fucking thing to 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 ever say to anyone. But he said the more time he spent there, he realized they weren't being rude. That's just how they spoke. Yeah, they and were I, being them. Yeah, and that, that's the that I think the Netherlands and and France and Germany, those kind of countries are very similar to that. It's just they're just, they're just quite direct. Not all of France. Um, I think um, Paris far more than many other places. You can get parts of it in Belgium as well, but they're they're like um Antwerp and things that used to be part of the Netherlands. And it's just a direct thing from certain people. But then again that's sweeping and not necessarily the same for everyone. But the point I think is to take is that just because you've been told that someone or an entire group of people are dicks, no, maybe you just interpreted them wrong. <laughs> exactly. Now, um, something that really stood out to me that you were saying, so it sounds like everything that you had 
you guys had planned, you know, didn't work. So how did you, uh, because it sounds like you really enjoyed the trip. How did I live you in chaos. I live in chaos. Uh, I, I, I enjoy that. And I know it's very difficult for some people and it confuses some people because I suffer from obsessive compulsive disorder. And uh, for those that don't understand what obsessive compulsive disorder is, they think that I need to live in, you know, a tidy little box. It's not how that works. OCD, about 90-95% of it is intrusive thoughts. It's not actions. But even when it is actions, they are specific. They're not, not every little thing out of place is going to set you off. That's not how that works. Um, but I do enjoy almost living in chaos. It's the thing of, if you want something done, ask a busy person. And it's that kind of thing. I don't know if that's even a saying for you, but it is in England. If you want something done, ask a busy person because the the one the, the person that's only got one thing to do can only do one thing at once, which is fine. That's fair enough because that's how they work. And I couldn't do that. For instance, I would shut down. If I was just told this is one task and that's it, I'd be like, I can't do it. I, I, that's why university became very boring at times because like, this is one assignment in two weeks. I'm like, cool, I'm going to do it in two weeks then when it becomes an issue. Um, and so I, I yeah, I, I, I think... Um, discussing with um, with someone we both know, Leo, um, about this, and it's the case that I think my brain has um, my my brain has practiced the idea of something going wrong. So it hasn't practiced necessarily what goes wrong. It hasn't practiced what you know every permutation of what happens. It's not a chessboard, but it it, it is practiced in shit going wrong. You know, having been homeless at fifteen, um, and you know, obviously not 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 for very long because again privileged background and so sounding like i do and looking like i do meant i didn't stay there for long but um knowing that shit can go wrong expecting kind of going yeah well shit can go wrong makes things so much easier you know like when i was in the middle of the desert um in the middle east i didn't suddenly go oh my god i could be stuck here i'm like this is fucking cool um <laughs> you know you don't i think i that's why when i travel i travel with one ticket at a time so I don't get returns. I got a return for the for uh, Jordan purely because um, I was um, planning on on um, doing like a specific trip, so it had to be done that way. But most of the time, you know, for instance, Greece, Hungary, um, Austria, Montenegro, Netherlands, um, uh, where else have I been? Lithuania, Hungary, Bulgaria. I did on one ticket at a time. That's and those countries are ones that I've. I'm only naming countries I've been in the past year. And that's not the full list. Um, but, you know, there's a lot more countries I've been to and I did the same thing. But um, I do one ticket at a time because I think, well, I might want to stay here. Like when I went to Norway, um, when I took um, a break from Twitch, not uh, this is before I quit. This is when I took a break because I needed to. Um, I just got a ticket out there and I was like, oh, I'm probably going to come back on this day. And then I went, ah, fuck it. Got a, got a new hotel and went, went home five days later um because i was like no i'm enjoying it i, I want to spend some more time out here and i i went to a bar this is probably not the best for everyone but i went to a bar the same kind of bar every night and i got really good friends with um some of the bar staff and then um you know got shown around got shown the most famous um place in oslo in terms of uh, the park and um, where it's just naked people it's a really weird park what? um it, so it's just it, it's basically it, the park is full of statues of naked people oh so, yeah, the main column in I the middle. I think I know what that is. Yeah, the main column in the middle is just 
naked people um but it, it was a park that was donated because basically the person that created the statue said i will create these statues and create your park if you give me somewhere to live in so i never have to work for the rest of my life and they did um so you know i would have never even known that place existed um if i hadn't met with those people and i wouldn't have necessarily met those people if i'd have had a return ticket so i think I, I i enjoy living in the chaos there are times of course when that can be incredibly stressful but i think if you if you baseline your, yourself to be able to do it then you can it seems um, like you thrive on stress though <laughs> but that that um... the stress i thrive on it's the it's the the experience and the adventure that i thrive the on the thrill I, <laughs> I, I am somewhat of a, i mean again pamplona ball run um bungee jump i do have that kind of thrill seeker in there <laughs> I'm sure you have ADHD. I'm telling you that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is this has been super long. I think I'm gonna start cutting it. I want to ask you two more questions and then the final one. So put it out as a whole. Put it out as a whole. No cuts. Come on. <laughs> no, it's just because it's uh, it's gonna be hard to upload it. But um, now now you do so many things. So what is what keeps you inspired or motivated to continue doing those things? Because it's when I don't know if it's you just you know making up a voice for YouTube or whatever, but you sound like you actually care, you know, like you sound excited when you you know how mo most people when they turn on the camera they're like, hey guys, you know, but I think I don't know. I mean, I don't know you in person, but to me, I, I think it's genuine. I think I've always said, and I'll, I'll say it again: there is no such thing as a re a real version of you on camera as there is in real life. Um, but that also goes for you. There's no, there's no real version of you when you go outside as there is in real life, because every day of the week, every second we put on a mask. So there are different masks. And, you know, I think you could always argue that you can try and be as real and as authentic as you want to be. But at some point you are, of course, putting on a mask because you need to. It's a protective thing. Um, I try and be as, as normal as I can. And I think in, in with that, I try and point out flaws I have. And, you know, I, I think that's the easiest thing of doing it. I think trying not to lie to myself is probably one of the easiest things um you know when when somebody will say or people will try and put on a pedestal i'll i'll be the first one to say no not me um and so i, I think that helps because i think if you just constantly go hey i'm amazing I'm, i'm the best thing ever ah then you'll lose all sense of who you are you'll lose any motivation to do anything because you've got nowhere to go and you're not really you you're playing a you're playing a complete act um And so, yeah, I, I try and um, I try to keep going. I, I don't know if I'd call it even motivation. It's just the idea of this is this is what I'm doing. I'm doing this. This is this is it. It's just what I continue with. Um, oh, well, I've got spare time. Fuck it. Let's create another channel. You know, um, I've got a spare half an hour. I'll write a kid's book, you know. Oh, well, I've had this thing playing in the background. Okay, I'll do it. And I think it's living by the things that I said when we opened the, the episode up in that if I can do it, I just will. And I think it's that, you know, if you... If you have the ability to do it, it's just doing it. I don't know if the motivation even really comes into it, which I may I know may sound strange, but I don't think of it as motivation because I don't need the motivation to be there. I just do it, and um, you know, much as it's the the Nike advert. Um, although slightly worried um, about the Nike advert because they did, of course, get that from a from a murderer. They stole that exact saying from a murderer. But hey, ah, oh, they um, just do it thing. Yeah, I I know about that too. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's just you know the idea of why not you know why not next you know living by the same thing of next excuse from someone else or next excuse from myself next why am i not doing it mm -hmm. okay. 
oh, let's just do it. And and it might be that on a YouTube channel you go, hey, actually, I can't right now uh, because I've got time off. I'm doing something else. And you can go, okay, cool. Well, I'll set it up so that I've got a shitload of stuff going in. You know, as I said to you, I, I recorded 100 videos for one of my channels in a day. Um, if anyone's wondering, they were two minute videos. It didn't take that long. Um, <laughs> I know, because somebody would be there. And you speak fast. There were two. There were two minute videos. You can do them one after the other. I just put the camera on. Um, you know, and so I that channel doesn't need to be looked at again for a few months. So I, I buffer myself with things like that as well. And By the way, it's a very good channel. I, I've been I've been uh, um, watching those um, videos because I, I actually enjoyed that type of content. Like whenever I'm not doing something, I'm like consuming that type of content. But that only makes me think something, right? Because in a way, I mean, you sound very much like me, but I know why I do what the things I do. Sometimes it's because I don't want to think. Do you think you get the same thing? Is that because you don't want to sit along with your thoughts? Oh, I fucking hate that. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I've always said to people, I don't, I don't do silence. And I've made this point to a lot of people. It's why I talk so fucking much because why would I sit in silence? I but doesn't understand. it stress you? Because for me, it does. I mean, sometimes I, I you know, I, I want to continue doing things because I don't want to sit with my thoughts because sometimes they can be very upsetting um yep. you know i think i told you but i get um whenever i get bored you know you'll see me like this i get I, I, you know i'm like i don't know what to do i don't know what to do oh my god i'm bored i don't know what to do and, and i'm i go crazy over that because like oh my god i'm bored and it hurts because the adhd but like i get sort of like depersonalized and like you know, I don't know if, if you, I don't know if you've ever done a video on that, but when you get the personalization and, and the realization, it's called like, it's, yeah. it, I don't know how to explain it. It's very, very weird. It's like, you feel like you're actually leaving your own body and like, you're, you're like, am I making this up? Like, and I know, you know, it doesn't make sense because I, of course it's, it's, it's not. Autopilot. It's, it's a bit like clip. But I get that. I get that since I was a child, but it's like, I need to continue. You know, I need to be doing things all the time because if not, I get bored and that happens. But I mean, at the same I, time, I, it's also making me like super stressed. So I don't know if you. I do it to a point, but the stress isn't really there. Like even when I meditate, because I'm, you know, meditation teaching, but. Oh my I, God, I can't meditate. <laughs> I get that. No, right. No. <laughs> Now, I would argue you have meditated several times and don't realize. Oh, yeah, no, walking meditations, they, they do work for me, like moving. I'm, I'm, I'm... No, 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 not even that. I, I, I would argue, so meditation at its baseline is a, a time in which your mind is free from active thought and that you are in a time when um, thought can enter your head freely and you are you are not actively interacting in it and it's where you can find the most mindfulness. Yeah. You will find that almost everyone on the planet has meditated and not realized because there is a saying that is literally, that it kind of says what meditation is, which is time flies when you're having fun. No, time flies because your mind is completely desensitized and you have been meditating. You've been an autopilot. You've meditated through that game of war yeah, zone. You've meditated right. whilst gardening. You have been completely as near to the one with yourself as you could be because you were free of active thought so the idea of not being able to meditate everyone meditates everyone meditates and just doesn't realize it it's just um the only difference is when you're actively trying to meditate is when you're bringing yourself into a far more mindful time and you're realizing of your meditation um so you're you're understanding it and you're giving yourself that space and that can be in, in itself rewarding but i would also argue 
those types of meditations also depend on how you do it. I don't meditate in silence. I meditate to usually die hard. Um, I have die hard in the background and I'll meditate how, to die. How do you do it? It's, I'm just curious. Well, because I think you and probably most people have this idea of you have to have nice music on or silence and it's complete bullshit. So the easiest way I do it is I know the film Die Hard incredibly well and I, I can live along with it. So I don't need to think about it. It is there in the background. Um, so I can have it constant so that I'm not in silence, which I hate. It's an active film, so it's not just crappy, you know, songs of the, the, the you know, whatever. Um, and so I can interact with it whilst not interacting. So I mean, I can enjoy the film whilst not needing to actively think about it. It's not a thriller or a mystery. Um, and I'm still doing the actions of meditation. I'm still controlling my breathing. I'm still moving forward with it. And so I allow myself to be in a meditative state whilst having that as my background in the same way that somebody that listens to whale noises does the same thing. But because I know the film so well, I can do that while still being able to engage that different part of my brain. Wow, that's that's interesting. <laughs> now, I um, in, in my case, I mean, for me, it's hard because the only way I, you know, it's like your, your brain. There's nothing in your brain. It's just well, other ways, your thoughts. You know, like you. There, there's you always there's there's always something in your brain. Only people from LA that go um a lot tell you that you've got to clear your mind. It's complete bollocks. You don't clear your mind. <laughs> No, but it's like it, for a while, like you quiet down your thoughts, and instead of having like ten thousand thoughts, you only hear one. You fo you focus your yeah. you focus your, your pattern, but then again, that's why you can use things to because I mean, technically, my brain's doing two things at once, but only one of them has the focus. Because I mean, I'm technically kind of enjoying you know part of my brain. If you brain scanned me, it would be enjoying the film, but mm -hmm. there's no focus on it. The focus is completely on breathing. So it's just how you focus and how you do it. A lot of people, you find people that can focus to heavy metal. It's the same thing. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's true. Well, I, I get I get that every time I go to like a scene, scenery place, like Patagonia, for example, for me, it's, uh, and I've been, I've been to Italy. I loved it, but there's something about that place that is, is so beautiful. It's, I don't know. You just look at it. You take it all in and it's for once in your life, you just, you can, you can hear your thoughts. The, it's it's crazy but um do, do you have any um videos or anything you would like to i don't know recommend to people like me who have that problem like finding something else because you, you you can't be going to patagonia every, every single you know every single day you want to relax you know like what advice would you give me for example no type of um, meditation and mindfulness that works for you it's, it's finding what works for you and seeing if that's something you can do because again it could be that actually you know for, for doing all that it could be that actually there's you know you you can find the same clarity of mind by having a picnic it could be that you have the same um, interactions by listening to metallica it's just trying to if you enjoy sitting in silence going um um plenty of people make money out of it and shouldn't but you know if you oh you know well wait it's crashing whatever again. that is that can be it's okay okay there you go oh uh, yeah um and use that as part of your mindfulness and meditations going forward you know that's that's i mean i've just created a, a meditation and practitioners um instructor course i've just done that for the charity we're just getting accreditation at the moment and, and i talk 
so many different exercises you can do, but they're not all the same. And it's important that people adapt them for themselves. Right. Sorry, it, it, you crashed again, but I was able to hear everything. It's, you came back <laughs> <laughs> super fast. Um, okay. Uh, well, I just want to ask you one more thing. Um, is there something I haven't asked you and I should have or you would like to say? This is, she's she's using my podcast technique against me now. This is what I do at the end of my podcasts. Um, I don't, I don't Sorry, particularly I'm think so. I mean, um, I know it's literally how I It's a lazy by. question. No, um, as long as you don't start off. Hey, as long as you don't start offering people people cookies like I do at the end of my no, month. No, no. Um, no, I, I think um, I, I think I, I've said most things. Again, I think this is as a kind of opening podcast. Um, is just a chat anyway. And I think that'll get better and it'll progress. And obviously, you're going to get um, hopefully less crashing on your system. I don't think there's anything. I think the the main thing for people is just try I talked about mindfulness there I think if you on a weekly monthly basis and that does not mean sitting in the corner going um it's just taking stock of what's going on because if you don't what actually happens is something that has happened stock of you don't really realize is there will just fester um and the easiest, the easiest way to think of it so I'll end with an analogy um it's the same reason that people go, oh, no, I know myself best and, oh, I'm absolutely fine. So, yes, but that's like buying a loaf of bread. You buy a loaf of bread and you put it on the counter at home and you come back to it tomorrow. It's in, in plastic. Um, and then, uh, you know, you go away for a week and you come back. It's it's still okay, but it's you, you can see like little... Then you go away for another week and you come back. And, well, now the, the plastic is starting... To to balloon out a little bit and it's it's starting to look a little bit strange but it's still the same bread it's still the same thing you know it's still the same issue there's nothing there it's fine then you go away for a year and come back and all you find is a mess it's molded and it's a black um lump that starts to almost take over the counter and there's you know there's mold and there's there's uh creatures nearby there's flies there's everything and it no longer looks like that bread it no longer looks like that original issue that you came across and i think that's the same thing is when you try and take stuff of those mindful things because there may have been something that happened that alone the same as the bread but a year or two years down the line you'll be there going oh my god this and you'll be having an effect on you and you won't know why there'll just be something that's, that's in the back of your head that's just plaguing you and you have no idea why and you'll start to go into your own hell for something that if you'd have been mindful in the first place and taken stock of you'd have been able to nip in the bud. And that's an important thing to do is to try and make sure that you have some kind of mindfulness interactions that you don't fall down later on. Lovely. Well, thank you so much. Thank you yeah. for being here. Um, I couldn't have thought of a better first guest for, the, for this podcast. Um, so for everyone listening, can you uh, leave, uh, well, can you just, yeah, send us our your, your um, channels or how can they find you? Where can they find I'll you? So, I mean, I, I was a Twitch streamer, I'm not anymore, um, but I am a, a mental health um, a facilitator and educator. So um, my my main interaction, my biggest channel would be um, up. It was, no, it's not up. It's not me as up. It is. It's good to talk. So um, it's under the new things, YouTube at good to talk. 
Um, and uh, that's my podcast. Um, you'll see me talking to all sorts of different people, um, including Mech here uh, and people like call me chris from tiktok and youtube um and you know uh, uh, only fans um creators uh ex-military and everyone in between um so you can find me there i also have a normal mental health channel uh which is up the number four of the challenge so up for the challenge mh um and uh that is me on my kind of educational channel so every tuesday i put out a video doing what is you know what is mindfulness what is psychoanalysis Basically, it's me on a kind of an editorial. Um, you don't have as many people over on that channel, not as many views. That is my smallest one in terms of views. But if just one of those videos is speaking to you, then I'm grateful that it's there. Um, and then there's some other stuff that I, I'm sure I will send over. But um, also, of course, the charity, which is up UK-based charity. Um, but you may other countries as well. Perfect. Okay, well, thank you again for being here, Adam, up for the challenge for everyone else. I'm going to leave your links below and, and all of that. Thanks again for being here. And well, that's it for the, the first uh, interview. It's going to get better. Uh, I just had so many technological issues. Next time it's not going to be that bad. I hope. I hope. <laughs> so you can always come back. Like next time it's going to be better. Again, sorry for all of the tech issues. I did have some internet connection uh, problems. But anyways, Adams was telling us everything about uh, the charities that he has. So I'm going to leave all of the links below. You can find them there. And if you like what you heard, go give him a follow. You're not going to regret it. Bye and see you next time.